1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 393. And you know what? I haven't been on enough microphones this week, so we're back for more of the action. And I'm back in Milwaukee.
4: Crap ton of commentary, (laughs) man. (laughs) Like,
2: Yes, the the quantity was certainly. I'm not there. saying anything about the quality. <laughs> I, I think I, I just
4: heard the Z word, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, you commentated the MPO lead card with Nate Perkins. Yep. You commentated the FPO lead card with Hannah Macbeth. Uh, yep. Mostly uh, the last. Yeah, yeah, round, yeah. The I couple of rounds. Yeah, we fell off a little, there. or they fell off a little,
2: but I was there. <laughs> and second card coverage. For a couple of rounds as well. Not not entirely. We didn't have Chase. We had a second feature card the first day. Yep. Uh, and then we continued to get a lot of different footage. We've got, believe it or not, there's more nah. memorial footage that will come out. I've got the last two rounds of MP40. And don't look at the results because it's a great battle. We're excited to put that together yet. Uh, and I think there might even be one or two other cards that got captured that may or may not see the light of day. So... A ton of coverage was captured. Most of it's been put out, but yeah, it was it was uh, insane, for sure.
4: I, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort. <laughs> um, very little sleep. Yes, <laughs> I, I would look at. I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, "Oh, great! There's FBO coverage out. This is great." Um, I'll kind of put it on in the background while I do whatever and um and listen to listen to it, and then I'd look at like your last social media post and it was like like at seven my time or whatever maybe six my time and i was like wow that is yeah it was uh it was was super
2: so i want to get right to it before we welcome our first guest it was an intense and insane weekend there were a lot of great supporters and sponsors we will of course break down the entire memorial championship again after we have steve in a minute but uh, the The entire weekend wouldn't have been possible at all if it weren't for the crew, the largest crew I had ever brought to an event or involved with an event. Gary to the O was doing a almost all of the editing. I'm going to say almost all of the editing. It was more than his fair share. He was the true hardest core workhorse, you know, on the computers. He did one day of camera work and then then got right into editing. And then the guys that were out there running around, it was Dylan and John, otherwise known as Pastry Dyes. Yeah, not this one. No. Uh, Dylan and John were running around doing quite a bit for us. Uh, Ryan Pilcher, along with Dustin Skorpinski. uh, And then we also had Spicy Boy. He was out there as well. It was, uh, yeah, just absolutely insane. Everything that was going down through the whole weekend. And there were a ton of opportunities that i know can still get improved upon and there were also a ton of of little victories for us so it was incredible uh i see ryan out there on the board right now so i'll get into more accolades and and event results and all that stuff a little bit later but thank you to everybody and of course all the sponsors and supporters and advertisers some that jumped up and uh got in on board with it
4: and i so did far not- so good I did not sit on my behind. I, I helped out with this cover. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Terry had a slight audio issue on the final day and reached out to me and was like, ugh, can you fix this? And yeah. there was just some humming or buzzing and I had to pull it into a do a little audition magic and sent it back to him at the last minute as you were boarding your plane (sighs) uploading it so it was it was i'll take full credit yeah you should yes
2: you essentially were the reason the memorial coverage happened
4: i'm usually the reason the memorial happens (laughs) yes yes i don't i don't think that works
2: that way uh considering the nature of the event but oh oh, yeah what we're gonna do uh so again we'll get into that but for now We've got some, what should be exciting, maybe it's exclusive, maybe it's not, but for all of those that want to play trivia, going back all the way to November of, I say, 2014, our first ever guest, ever, of all time, and this will be on a quiz later, was none other than tonight's guest, and we welcome him back yet again, and we love him. It's Steve Dodge. Hi,
4: (laughs) Steven. Hello there, Terry and Johnny. (laughs) Hi, Steve. Welcome back to the show.
1: It it is great to see you guys.
4: You're probably maybe number two on the list of most guests. Frequent appearances. Most appearances, maybe Maybe. behind Macbeth. Maybe. Uh, That's a good company. I would say so, yeah. I mean,
2: we reached out to him tonight, Uh, too, but he forgot his laptop. So (laughs) (laughs) I was ready to bump you just like that. (laughs)
4: <laughs> i say it's i was
1: gonna say it's good company for me I don't, I don't know about good company for him
2: paul's rethinking things okay so uh welcome it's been a little while so let's get caught up and and i'm, I'm not even gonna give you a chance to answer we're going right to it uh since you were last year you've been married you got married congratulations
1: I, I did get married uh thank you very much jesse glenn dodge and i were uh we just finished our tv show and uh jumped into this call um, and not only did we get married, uh, but we're in the process of renovating the house of Maple Hill. And in about a month and a half, we will uh, move into Maple Hill, and that'll be our permanent home. What and kind I of should say the house, next, the house next to Maple Hill. It's, we, we bought three acres off the farm. Um, we, are, we are renovating the kitchen. We're putting a floor in our living room so we have an extra room above it, which will become our bedroom. a uh, New master bath. It's
4: uh, a full house renovation. I can't wait to see it sometime. Hmm.
2: Well, that sounds like some pretty significant changes. uh, Of course, personally,
4: that's the exclusive news. He has he's renovating. Good night, guys. Have a good
2: night.
4: (laughs) He's got the updates.
2: Uh, If you were if you were to. So you just said uh, right off of the farm. Like, so what's the closest basket to you? If you were if you had to play to a basket, which one's going to be closest to where your residence is?
1: I think from. Uh, am I starting in my kitchen?
2: Sure. Yeah. That's
1: okay. Uh, I would do a uh, probably a par three down into the basement.
2: No. <laughs> no, no, no. What's the closest basket on Maple Hills property to you? Are you? Oh. <laughs> I was. I was doing uh, that.
1: <laughs> it would be. Uh, I guess that would be whole eighteen and seventeen. Red might be closer.
2: Okay. So Boy,
1: isn't, isn't that interesting?
2: I, I mean, yeah, I think of home <laughs> courses. I think of uh, of the property, the iconic property. And real quick, before we get even more sidetracked, we'll sidetrack uh, Maple Hill. Again, more accolades, of course, in 2021. Talk to us about UDISC and and or any other accolades that come with regard to the course and and uh, the rankings in which Maple Hill sits at.
1: So, you, you guys have been to Maple Hill many, many times. It, the, the land is, is magical. Um, it's, it's a family farm. It has hills, it has ponds, it has fields, it has woods, uh, it has, uh, weather. Um, and actually, I, I think at last year's event, we actually had one day of rain, one day of sun, and one day of wind. And that's, that's just how it goes at Maple Hill. Um, but uh yeah we're we're very lucky to be able to be considered a premier course um UDISC has their rankings we we came out on top I'm going to guess that the top ten courses are all basically a tie um and and we're we're very lucky to be the number one course uh especially when I look at how great some of these other courses like Eagle's Landing comes on and you're just like whoa this it, what an amazing destination they've put together um." I'm really excited to travel with my new wife to Europe and see all these amazing courses that are over there. Um, I ha- I have to give a shout out to Jesse. Um, there's a uh, there's a par two that we play down in Virginia sometimes when we go see the girls. And the last time we were there, we we're playing hole four. Uh, it's about, about a 180 foot. They're, they're all par two. So it's like 180 foot, little downhill. And she goes like a a foot to the right of the basket and uh, you know, she's doing the bowling lean and she's like, "Ah!" (laughs) and uh, it doesn't quite go in. And then hole five, she steps up and aces it. It was like, wow.
4: Wow.
2: Yes. It was phenomenal. Where did she go get lessons from? (laughs) Right here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That wouldn't have been my, I thought maybe Stokely was in town. I don't know. Okay. So
1: (laughs) he's he's uh, not old enough.
2: Uh, so officially, um, bit by the bug of playing disc golf, consuming it. And, uh, we'll see how much of her life it takes over.
1: Hmm. Maybe? Uh, we have, I will say flat out, we have a lot of fun watching live disc golf every other weekend.
2: All right. So speaking of watching and, and the courses and everything else, uh, was it a week ago, six days ago, there was a big announcement with regard to the MVP oh, yeah. open, uh, um i i like how that you have to think about that for a moment which means you must have other really big <laughs> you, news right you know
4: what i don't you know what i like that i don't have to think about the name <laughs> yeah exactly. i haven't messed yes. up the name in like
1: at least two years <laughs> it's so uh, nice not having that bucket anymore yeah <laughs> it,
2: you just wait for one company to go out of business or not, no longer produce things and then it makes it so much easier so even though i think they're coming back we'll get into that later so tell everyone, break down the news in case somehow they missed this uh, this fabulous video that hit the internet last week.
1: Uh, so first of all, I got to give a shout out. MVP flew me up to Marlette and uh, and Steve, myself, and the uh, James and very talented crew, video crew up there at, M- at MVP uh, put together that little video. Um, they had me come in and we were basically there all day doing all sorts of filming. We did a nice tour of the factory and a oh, whole... I've never toured a factory outside of Vibram before, and uh, I was blown away. Um, The expansion that they've done in the last 18 months and the expansion they have planned for the next 12 to 18 months. um, I I assume this is happening at at most manufacturers now, but uh, this this sport is is taking off. And there's a lot of very talented people who are making uh, who are making a living. Doing, doing the sport that we love, just like we always hoped people would. So, um, but uh, yeah, we have a 10-year deal with MVP uh, to be the 12, the MVP Open. Um, the total, over the 10 years, the total deal is going to be worth, I'll go ahead and say over $2 million. Um, the first year, we're probably looking close, uh, around 100000 plus or minus a little bit. And then uh, over the next five years, it'll increase gradually to uh, to be about a third of that two million dollar total. And then the second half will be two thirds of that two million dollar total. Although at five years, we're going to be doing a review based on the growth of the sport. And we'll figure out Well, everybody needs to be happy. Uh, I need to be happy uh, knowing that I'm supported. An MVP needs to be happy knowing that they're getting banged for their buck. So uh, both of us need to be happy after five years. We'll do a review and it, it could go up quite a bit. Uh, it could stay the same. Uh, I don't anticipate it would go down at all.
2: Which is you already, you know, jumped to one of the first questions or statements. A lot of people said is, well, who, who is that a good deal for? I mean, obviously uh, on the onset, it sounds great and it is great, but then some people are like, well, wait, that, that, Well, we don't know. Ten years is a long time. So that could be a steal for Steve. That could be a steal for MVP, depending on exactly, as you mentioned, the growth of the sport. So that's, again, you already jumped into the first answer, which is after five years, you guys are going to do a a deeper dive and make sure that, you know, if any adjustments need to be made, they can be.
1: Yeah. Basically, it's a non-compete review. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, does it matter to either the disc golf world or to you? I know it matters to you, but does it matter to the disc golf world when, when we talk about that type of number as in, if that's, uh, support with discs and merchandise, if that's stuff that's related to a pro shop, or if that's like, no, you know, they're literally just writing me a check for a set amount every, every year. I mean, does that matter? to the rest of the disc golf community to have to ask those details?
1: Uh, you'd have to ask your board that. Oh, ask, okay. ask your listeners if they care how, how the money comes about.
2: We have listeners. A few of them. Hold <laughs> on. Let me look. <laughs> Every Tuesday night. What are night. doing here? This is weird. I thought it was just us. I,
1: wait. <laughs> I thought it was Wednesday night.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you certainly did. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, we'll skip the board, and I'll just ask you then: is that is that a check? Is that just here's cash, or is so part I'll of say, that support? Hey, we're going to give you fifty thousand dollars in frisbees, which we expect you to turn into a hundred thousand dollars of profit. Th- that that would be so, my question.
1: Uh, there's a, there's, I guess there's two models. There, there's the Ledstone model, which is give, give me a lot of really cool discs and I'll sell them and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the cut us a check. Um, I will let you know, we're basically doing a, a, a hybrid. Um, and actually it's really close to about, about half of the money is coming in the form of a check and half the money is coming in the form of product. Um, and so I, I support every. I would encourage everybody to go out there. There's going to be some really special MVP open discs coming out, just like the last few years, which is part of the reason I love MVP. Um, so and again, we'll, we'll be doing that again. And uh, I think they said there will be three unique discs coming out for the MVP open. And uh, I'm not going to say what they are. I'm going to let MVP do all that announcing uh, and I'll I'll tag along and, and encourage everybody to buy them when they uh, when they're announced.
4: I want a throwback stamp with the old Steve Dodge Disc Golf Pro Tour logo with the glasses and the little wisp. Give me one of those throwbacks. Mm, good call. I
2: I ask that question because it falls right in line with when we see a big contract announcement for a player and people talk about what is that and what are they getting where is that money coming from you know is that royalties is that guaranteed is that based on sales so it's kind of in that same vein that someone says to you yeah two million dollars sounds like a lot of money and then someone you know somebody else i saw someone else reply yeah that's probably you know x amount of discs that they're just giving them which i knew wouldn't be the case uh you know that bluntly but that's why I, i was curious as to you know what that relationship looked like so you say it's a hybrid that makes sense i like it
1: yeah Uh, and, and working, it's, it's interesting. Um, I was, I I was on the Nick and Matt show, uh, yesterday and, uh, I, I don't, I feel like when they asked the question, like, how is it working with MVP and how long did it take to, to make this happen? And it, it really took about a week. Um, uh, I had another suitor who wanted to sponsor the tournament. Uh, and I, I told Steve, I was interested in listening to their offer, uh, Steve of MVP. And, um, I said, you know, if that's matched their offer, uh, I'll, I'll stay with MVP. But I, I want to give them an opportunity, uh, gave them an opportunity. And Steve said, we don't want to match that. We want to beat that. And that's exactly how working with MVP is. They are they are upfront and honest and straightforward. And uh, there's never really any questions as to what what anybody's uh, uh, if anybody has any kind of a hidden agenda. Um, so.
2: I was just thinking, and I know you said you'll reassess after five years, but in general, for damn near anything, except for your marriage, uh, 10 years sounds like a long time. Just generally speaking, in disc golf,
1: right? Even for a marriage.
2: are <laughs> I'm, I'm, I I both going on 15 years I, I for
4: I our marriage. I hope yours is year, for
2: till so. the end of time. So that's why I say, I, outside of possibly <laughs> a marriage, like 10 years for almost anything these days is a long time.
1: We made it 10 weeks. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> is
2: she though? So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's back back to to go.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um all right. So that sounds amazing. Is there is there anything else that the world doesn't know or hasn't discovered with with regard to this deal um that you want to talk about or announce from that specifically? I mean, it was huge news, but is there anything we haven't discussed about well, it?
1: Abs- uh, about the, that MVP open news, n- not specifically. Um, it is interesting though, when you, you say to yourself, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to get a uh, very low six figures this year in the form of sponsorship. And what can I do with all of that money? And uh, as far as infrastructure for the course, um, I kind of accidentally already spent all that money. Like we have, well, I haven't actually done it, but we have plans to spend all of that money on improving the infrastructure of Maple Hill. And it's just like, well, that was easy.
2: So that includes, um, and, that includes, if I watch the video correctly, you're, you're talking about uh, some more stands or some bleachers, bleachers and things to watch. And that also includes inside the pro shop. You're working on some stuff, yep. expand on a few of those infrastructures.
4: More games. at so, the uh, <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> three pinball finally damn it <laughs>
4: please let's get a pinball machine up there,
1: there we, there we had a, a pinball one. machine it broke and yeah. uh, good golly those are expensive to fix um, yeah, they are. over and over and over um, But so we got rid of the pinball machine but uh, the sap house has been over the we closed around Thanksgiving and from Thanksgiving until about last week uh, we've we took everything out of the sap house and then we um, some of that foam insulation i don't even know this stuff they spray in and it expands it was pretty cool to watch um but not to breathe for very long it smelled mm. kind of funny in there yeah, uh and then 24 hours later they they put on the high wall and then a the plaster like it's a it's it's a room now instead of an unfinished garage and uh it it feels really good there's a, a mini split in there so it's uh a hvac oh you know it's it it's amazing uh people come in and they're just their eyes go bonkers if they if they've been in there before if they haven't been there before it's kind of funny. uh i was working the shop last wednesday and someone came in it was their first time ever being at maple hill they were from uh georgia or new york or some state not massachusetts and um and i said hey what do you think of the shop cuz for, for me it was like ridiculously new and fun and he said, it looks nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, you've never seen it. You don't seen know what it. this once so. was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be really sad all year as new people come and be like, hey, nice, good. It's yeah. a shop.
2: Yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. um, uh, and to throw it out there, your
2: shop's not exclusively becoming MP only, right? That wasn't one of the, uh, <laughs> the little bylines <laughs> as you can only sell MVP discs in the shop. <laughs>
1: MVP has a nice a nice section in the shop, but it is not just MVP. Okay. Um, we are also planning on indoor bathrooms this year. Uh, if everything goes right, we should have them done by the time by the in time for the tournament.
2: Wow. Okay. That uh, that's funny because that's exactly what I was thinking when you were mentioning renovations and whatnot. I was thinking that's one of the few things that's not in there that would be that would be great to have down downstairs, probably downstairs.
1: Uh, actually, upstairs and downstairs.
2: Okay. I was gonna say, if yeah, gravity. Yeah. We're
1: building it. Okay. We're building an addition also. There's gonna be an addition on the back of the SAP house. Okay, and it'll it'll have bathrooms upstairs and downstairs.
2: Jeez! All right, so big stuff going on out there at Maple Hill and the event this year, a little bit different from previous years. I mean, you were absolutely a, a front runner in the qualifying, having these qualifying events, you know, getting invited to the event, all the various iterations we've seen for, you know, the the Maple Hill and the Marshall street and the MVP open and all the other events you've had, <laughs> um, you've had them all. And now of course, being a pro tour stop, but this year's pro tour stop again, a little bit different in being able to play there. Right. It's a
4: playoff. Yeah. Right. Or a playoff.
1: Playoffs. Playoffs. (laughs) That was the best, best quote ever. So what does that mean? I want to know what what was Jim? What was Jim Mora feeling inside when the the person's asking him about the playoffs? He's like, do you know what just happened? It was that would have been just being inside of his his, his mental state would have been really funny. (laughs)
2: So, uh, anyway. explain, explain what that means for this year, because this is the first time we're seeing that applied for the latter, you know, what last two events of the year before the
1: yeah championship? For GMC and MVP. And, uh, we're, we're very honored to be a part of the, uh, the first playoff structure of the disc golf pro tour, uh, GMC, the the field gets whittled down at GMC and then it gets whittled down more at the MVP. Mm. Uh, and then, It'll, uh, I guess, get, and obviously it gets whittled down to the the final groupings for the tour championship. Uh, And I'm not, I'm going out of my way to not say any numbers because I've seen different numbers and I don't want to say the wrong ones. So, but it gets whittled down over and over and over. And uh, so it'll be a smaller field, uh, which actually plays very well into Maple Hill being a smaller venue. uh, I actually don't mind having fewer players. It's it's sad not having as many regional players as we normally get. but uh, disc golf grows and progress moves on. And uh, all of these people had an opportunity to come and watch. And we actually have four local qualifiers. So some, some regional pros will get in, um, but not, not the 30 or 40 that normally get in. It'll probably be uh, on the order of
4: five to 10. Is this kind of what you saw six, seven, eight years ago? Like, getting to this point for the pro tour, like the making most of these events exclusive to the top players oh. in, in that aspect. Yeah, for
1: sure. For a hundred percent, for sure. Um, and that when, when, when we first pitched the idea, uh, in, in 2006 on the, the PDJ board, that was, that was the idea was the best players in the world, MPO, FPO only, and, and ratings restricted and let's, let's cover it. Like it's a real thing. And, yeah. Anyway, all, all the all those ideas. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it took a lot longer to get here than I expected. Um, really? And I'm.
4: <laughs> no, no, really. I'm like, that's surprising. Like to me, I look at where we were seven years ago and I I, I mean, I would have never guessed we'd be here in seven years. I would have guessed. Yeah. He,
2: he was saying to interrupt you quickly. He was saying back in 2006, way yeah. back then yeah. when you were doing it, like you're St-
4: still still.
2: I mean, 2006 to now, that's 16 years ago as opposed to seven. So uh, we're, you were already trying to reshift the focus of the national tour at that point in, in your own ways, right?
1: Right. Yeah, we, we uh, I, I, I got on the board of the PDGA and I put a proposal forward. and uh, I think I lost that vote five to two. And then the next year I lost the vote again, five to two. But anyway, um yeah, we're trying trying to get the uh the national tour to uh actually I was just trying to make the national tour into what the Pro Tour is. So uh and I and I expected, you know, if we did that, we you know how much further along we'd be. Um and it, yeah, it took took a little longer to get here than I expected. But to Johnny's point, uh we started in 2016. Holy cow, we did a lot in six years. Um and and realistically, um when I say we, I'm <laughs> pretty much mean Jeff and crew because <laughs> uh ever since being well positioned with COVID uh and having uh, an infusion of uh capital and resources and manpower and, and I'll say I'll point to you guys and say experienced manpower uh allowed this whole thing to take off and uh disc golf take advantage of the growth that happened when people were told be outside and be far away from other people.
2: Yeah and when I think about, well, I guess the whole idea of, of uh, you know, Johnny said, do you want it to be exclusive and the playoff scenario? Did you have visions specifically of how the year would kind of finish out? I mean, for instance, did you have a conversation with Jeff Spring or anyone else about the playoff concept um, that we're going to see this year? Like specifically, Uh,
1: I I did, I did have a conversation with them as they brought it up to me.
2: Okay. Okay. So (laughs) I I
1: didn't bring it up to them. Yeah. That, that, uh, I, I'm very happy to, that the tour championship happens the way it does. I love the idea of having those final four, having a super bowl of disc golf, if you will, that the, the final round with the best four players in the world at that moment. Um, and, uh, and and the playoff structure I think is is perfect. Everybody knows about the FedEx Cup, and, and anybody that looks into it knows about the FedEx Cup in golf and understands the way that works. NASCAR does a similar thing, uh, so the concept there. But no, I I never actually envisioned this for for disc golf. I think it's a fantastic next step, and uh, and and I'm crazy happy to be a part of it, and I look forward to being part of it as long as they'll have us.
2: How tough is it, and you, you kind of just touched on it? How tough is it when you hear from a regional pro or or a, f- a faction of these people that say hey i 've been coming to this event i 've been playing here i 've been supporting you for ten or twelve or fifteen years, and now it 's gotten so big that i you know I live five miles away and i can 't come play and that really frustrates me and and we 're seeing that at your level, but then even all over the country as events get bigger and they start putting in ratings caps and, you know, or, or th- floors, I should say, and all this other stuff. How, how do you respond to that? How do you reply to those people that, you know, really, really? And GMC is in a very similar situation, I know. So how do you respond to those people that feel like they're really missing out on a regional event?
1: Do uh, do your listeners understand that I uh, I make jokes sometimes? <laughs> uh, sometimes
2: they land. Sometimes they don't. I understand <laughs> that. And I usually well, get them all and love them. But uh, go ahead.
1: <laughs> so in, in answer to your question, you have you have to understand the ivory tower that I live in. Um, and I'm surrounded by sicko fans <laughs> who just tell me that everything is all of my ideas are great. So yes, I yes. don't even know. I don't even know <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, okay. So, but, uh, in all, in all seriousness, uh, in, in reality, actually people don't generally, I'm I'm a, my, you can find my phone number, my email, my Facebook, uh, you know, one of them profile, um, one of, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> yes. the, the one that's the one that's been the one that active. has
2: complaints. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I, I'm an open book. I want everybody to reach out to me with any complaint that you have, uh, whether, whether I view it as valid or not is is on me, but there's a reason someone's complaining. And you have to, when you listen to someone, you have to understand why are they complaining? You can't just be defensive and and react negatively to it. Why is this person complaining to me? What is going on? And then uh, is it something that I should address or that I can't because we're progressing away from that? Um, So I, first thing I want to say is I encourage everybody to reach out to me directly if you're complaining on social media, uh, I, there's a really good chance I'm not going to see it. I might hear about it in a hearsay when Terry Miller questions me on Smashbox, but I've, there's a really good chance I, I won't even see it. Um, so to, to anybody, I've actually had nobody say that to me directly. And that that's the reason I, I say what I just said. What I have had people say to me um, is, hey, Steve. I bet this this happened at last year's MVP open and I I'm going to try not to get emotional. Um, but he said, hey, Steve, I've been coming to this event for eight years now. I love this event. I I take time off of work so that I can come here. I'm doing my click race uh, as soon as registration opens for my rating skill. This year I barely got in and it was it was it was a very emotional conversation. And he just said, I'm not going to get in next year. And I I know that. And uh, thank you very much for running this event and letting us be a part of it for as long as we were. worked. And that's what I see. Um, If if someone wants to complain that the sport has progressed past their skill level at the uh, final playoff event on the Disc Golf Pro Tour, uh, I'm happy to listen to that. But we all know that's exactly what just happened. And if you want to play in the final playoff event of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, get out on tour.
2: Yeah. You're going to have to earn it. Yeah. It's, it's an overarching question and issue within our sport at all just all competitive events are that much tougher to get into. And now the elevation, the, the play has elevated, the demand has elevated and we don't have that much more supply. And so we're funneling, you know, to the top. And just like that, people are getting, I, I hate to say left behind, but they're just simply not eligible. And I I think being out at GMC, again, they're passionate. They want to play these amazing courses in this incredible event that's been built up. But at the end of the day, there's only so many spots available. And, and that might mean the 980 regional pro who's really good and is a nice guy and gives lessons is, he or she still might not make it into the event and probably isn't going to. And I I call that a growing pain. I mean, I always feel like growing pains are just a it polite is. way to say somebody, you know, somebody's just got to deal with a, a tough situation, but that's kind of really what it is here. Right.
1: Uh, that's, that's exactly what it is. Now, one thing I'll say, uh, go, go back three or four years when anybody could play any of these events
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and, and the payouts were, Half, yeah. What they are, and and there, and and next year it'll it'll be a quarter. Um. So it, and uh. So the MVP opened four years ago had a payout of probably forty 000 to fifty thousand dollars, and in in a couple of years it'll have a payout of a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. I, I I don't think that's a stretch. I I, I think we'll be well over a hundred this year, and I I think if if we're the final playoff again again next year i don't think 200 is out of the question um and there will be other events filling in at that 40 to 50 thousand dollar level that we're basically taking the top 100 and saying you're not playing in that event because you're playing in these events and the regional pros you you still have those events and they'll be covered by regional camera crews they'll be covered by regional versions Mm -hmm. of terry miller and it it's just as the sport grows, there becomes more opportunities for everybody. But we're all used to being the guy up there, and now we're we're the guy. We're at the same level. It, it's just there's a new level above us, and that it's just uncomfortable. Uh, if if you want to view it that way, you can view it as holy crap. There's a level up there that I get to watch because those guys are freaking amazing.
2: Yeah, I I think about. Um also the the we'll call them complaints throughout the years of well, why is this nine sixty person even here like they're getting they're they're getting beat by you know by forty at the end of the weekend they're kind of so to speak just taking up a spacer in the way uh you know they're just a bottom feeder or whatever and and again I'm just paraphrasing what a bunch of other people could say about it so it, as our you know, uh fields get more and more competitive you're always going to be seeing top level golf when just think of the day right. when we're all watching and you're everyone at the event, literally everyone at the event it's is 10, and, <laughs> and above, Yeah, man, yeah. it's going to be tough to find a boring moment at that tournament.
1: Uh, and one thing I'll recommend is if you're in a skip, league, don't, don't pick that bottom. Don't pick like three good players in that bottom feeder. Cause that's minus 250 points. If, a lot of people might find that out after they pick like the week <laughs> after and they're like, why didn't I get many points? So I'm just letting people know, you know, if obviously it wouldn't happen to me.
2: No, 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 no. No, You have like math degrees. You would never do something so stupid. I
4: mean, if if someone were to check the rules and look at the 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 setup or, you know, some people like to try to tank an FPO position thinking Mm. that they're going to pick someone like that. It doesn't work like that. Somebody thought about that. Somebody thought about that. I don't know who it was. Somebody. Ryan Pilcher actually Yeah, yeah. way smarter than you. <laughs> yeah, Ryan actually. True story. Ryan Pilcher helped me out with that.
1: So anyway, uh, this is the first year I've been in skip based leagues, and I'm loving it. And I'm, I'm in my survivor league. I've I've already gotten past the first event. That's
4: did, did you now? Did you pick a like? a surefire stud because some people think pick the studs first, go with your Wysockis, Macbeth, whatever, and work your way down. Some people try to save the big guys for later in the season for more competitive events than LVC. Um, But it was hard to get more competitive than LVC considering we were like eight, eight or nine strokes off the lead. Didn't make the cut.
1: (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm going all studs all day. All right. That's my strategy.
2: All right. Sounds like Holly Finley's as well. She puts with a stud.
4: That's a disc? Yeah. I don't oh. I don't know any discs. Okay. Anyway, What's moving that? on. So <laughs> uh What's well that? we're ex-
2: okay. we're we're excited to see uh the what it will look like this year. What Okay, you already said you don't know the exact number of people, but less competitors... I don't
1: even know us the thud's a golf discs. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, less, less people in terms of competitors, but what does it look like from a... Um, you know, uh, wow, spectator is the word I was going for. You've, you've been on the forefront of also trying out various spectator and volunteer, volunteer uh, methodologies throughout the years. What, what are you kind of thinking, without giving away all the details, what are you thinking with regards to spectators, volunteers, staff, that kind of stuff?
1: So, regarding spectators, um, I just want to tell everybody that uh, I, we killed it last year with the ice cream social. Uh, we killed it with the buffet. Uh, so basically, as as the final card was coming around, we, ha- we had an ice cream social and then we had a buffet. We actually did it in that order. That was maybe backwards, but i like ice cream. So it worked out fine. Um, next year, we're doing the buffet and then or this year, I should say the buffet and then the ice cream social. Um, but we're going to do that Thursday, Friday and Saturday night. So if you're on site, be ready for some free ice cream after your buffet got to eat the, eat your dinner and then you get some ice cream buffet is not free but the ice cream is free for everybody until it runs out and we'll have, we have tons of ice cream it's so good um, i'm
2: confused though you're so, separating buffet and ice cream and i think of ice cream, ice cream that's buffet. that's the only way that's which is only like a way. bunch of different ice cream yeah, like that's different. the only where i'm going with this no, but go on
1: totally different yeah okay totally different <laughs> but i do <laughs> like that idea um and it was so uh, – I love going to dinner with friends because they ask about the tournament, and invariably Jesse will be just like, oh, my gosh, and Steve and I served so much ice cream. <laughs> <and it's> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, she's a good sport. Um, but the Thursday we announced on Nick and Matt. I don't – have you guys heard that news yet?
2: Uh, who's Nick and Matt? No, I haven't heard about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a jerk. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, now, I, I, that news I do not know of, of what you
3: speak.
1: Okay, so Thursday night uh, on Nick and Matt last night, I announced that we are having a one million dollar ace contest for the women after the round on Thursday.
2: Dang. Okay.
4: Uh, what, what hole?
2: Hole one to so, the to the one. short basket from the long tee. You? Or Terry the short- nailed
4: it ah
1: yeah it's uh what what the uh, insurance contract says 450 feet i think it's about 480 but it's downhill and who who knows exactly what it is but um so anyway uh the u-disc is developing new stat which is like a accu distance stat and the uh the top six players top six women in that accu distance stat are going to get to throw four shots each and then two other players like fan boat kind of thing are going to get to throw four shots each. So a total of 32 shots at this basket, 450 feet away. And if anybody aces it, they will win. A, I should say the first person to ace it will win a million dollars.
4: That was a clarification that came up last
2: night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so a good, there good six women and five of them. <laughs> <aced>. uh,
4: <laughs> you could split it. I mean,
2: wow. Uh,
1: so if, can I ask what the, what the
2: po- policy that a policy like that costs? That's so.
1: Here's the thing: on Nick and Matt, I made a mistake, and I said <laughs> it's five million. <laughs> Shocker! What? <laughs> well, okay, I didn't make a mistake. I almost let a cat out of the bag, but guys didn't catch it. Uh-huh. I said it's five million dollars per day.
3: But
2: what five? million. None of that makes sense.
1: What is that? What are you talking about? I almost let out of the bag what I want to announce right now on smash
4: that you're doing a a million dollar ACE run each day,
1: Thursday and Friday. Okay. Just Um, Thursday for the women, Friday for the men. We're trying to, we're trying to increase, get people to show up on the first two days. There's really exciting stuff happening. namely A million dollar ACE shot. So come on out for the million-dollar shot. So and
4: is the men's hole the, the exact same
1: thing? No, it's 600 feet. All right. Yes. So I would like to announce on Smashbox, I don't think anybody probably caught it yet, but on Friday at the MVP Open, we're going to have a million-dollar ace contest for the men. And that's your Smashbox exclusive. Yes! <laughs> We got
4: there. I feel, I feel it's like downhill. that was a, it's six, that's from awesome. here,
1: baby. So I also have to say a big shout out to East Coast Metal Roofing, who's helping to make this whole thing possible. Uh, I called Paul at East Coast Metal Roofing. I was like, here's what I want to do. And he was like, we are on board. And those guys are ridiculously supportive of everything disc golf. So if anybody needs a metal roof and is on the East Coast, uh primarily New England but I think they do New York and PA. But uh definitely give East Coast Metal Roofing a call. Thank you, Paul.
2: That's uh so same um qualifications uh you said the distance is obviously longer but essentially the same qualifications for the men. You're going to be taking them based on this new Accustat,
4: which that, that might be an exclusive as well. I don't know if they've announced yeah, that. Does anybody so. know about
2: Accu <laughs> uh you probably yeah. Anybody know about AccuStat? Is that what
1: they
4: call it? AccuDistance.
1: I don't know what they're going to call it. Oh, AccuDistance. Okay. Um, but I've talked to Matt about it. He said they have uh, they have a working prototype of this stat. They want to do it over a few events and make sure that it, it passes the smell test. And then when, once they have it buttoned up, they'll release it. I'm gonna, my guess would be within a month or two.
2: What's the general premise of that stat? Like, how? how Conceptually, what are they using to arrive at it?
1: No idea. Uh, be, oh. I would just do I, I would do it randomly based on like the third digit of people's PDTA number.
2: Mm, unless a, you're only a two digiter.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think Joe Mayle even plays anymore.
2: <laughs>
4: he's not he's not two digits. Too bad he, Stork. No, he's he's a he four can't. digit.
1: <laughs> um, he is. I don't yeah.
4: I would anyway. have to imagine AccuDistance distance is either using on a map literally like push touching a map to kind of get a general accuracy uh, i i know they've talked about i don't about think that, i
1: don't think they're but, adding i don't think they're adding any capabilities i think they're just okay. massaging the data they have for me okay. uh, again i'm i don't know what they're doing but here's what i would do um i would do eagles uh as as an acute stat mm-hmm. i would do uh par, on par fours i would do you know circle one or two and regulation maybe uh but and then same thing with par fives maybe if there's a way for them to figure out par fives in two strokes like that would be another accu distance type stat um fairway hits on par fours maybe like that that kind of thing and you'd weight those based on whichever you think is most important
2: okay yeah, all right. So they're going to yeah. take some existing data and statistics and they're going to put that all together as is, is aggregate the right word. They're going to put those all together yeah. to come up with a new statistic that will then qualify these players to go out and yeah. have the chance to win a million dollars.
1: And it's kind of fun thinking about the distance stat and thinking who who's going to qualify for this. And like right off the bat, you got to think the number one player in the world, Drew Gibson, is going to get in. Um calvin Gibson heimberg
4: eagle yeah calvin eagle e, e, yeah
0: ricky
2: uh, maybe, i mean he he, he doesn't can, he always just only make birdies from like circle two so
4: oh that's true yeah it might not they're, if count. they're it's, par fours
1: and he's making <laughs> it from circle two well that's if it's an eagle
3: yeah
2: yeah um yeah uh yeah i guess you have to think about uh, who are the, your most accurate someone like
1: ezra okay Ezra can throw uh, pretty far right
4: yes yeah I, I don't okay. think anyone would would categorize him as as uh, extremely accurate he's a very far thrower um
1: oh but, okay okay but yeah that's it, a good point point. and that that's gonna yeah, but matter that's gonna
4: matter yeah I mean yeah and you know no offense to Ezra hopefully he, you know he changes <laughs> he's a bigger than me and frankly I'm scared of him so <laughs> um, he,
1: he seems like such a nice guy yeah he, 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 he is he truly I, is I don't think he would beat you up unless a couple of people asked him to.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if someone asked him really nice, he'd probably do. one yeah. person, just one person. He doesn't need a couple;
2: just one. There's still a little threshold there. Like you said, did did you say his name? Yeah, I can beat him. up. That's all it does. Uh, I got this. Yeah. And okay. okay, awesome. So there, uh, how and I, I'm I there's no reason for you not to want somebody to hit this. Like your your hoping because you're paying a policy regardless right
3: yeah
1: and the great thing is like someone could hit it the first night and hit it the second
4: night this i mean we because there's two million dollars could be one two different policies and uh, apparently on the nick and matt show you talked about how each day was about five thousand dollars for the policy right right um right is there any qualifications on the size of the basket I mean, can we make the basket really big? I mean, let's <laughs> it's look just at a fishing uh, can, net out there. Can you send us a contract? Can I be there As with soon. the basket running around and trying to?
1: <laughs> I like that idea. I'll put it on pneumatics and just move it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Catch it.
4: Yeah.
2: I mean, so you absolutely want this hit. Uh, it would be the. the
1: Th- think about what would happen. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh.
2: Yeah. Uh, the. I mean, if we're going to buy our way onto ESPN, this is a damn good way to do it, right? <laughs> yes,
3: it is. <laughs>
4: so I the, still think quest- that that shot is not going to be as valuable as James Conrad's uh, shot. <laughs> I think James still made more than a million dollars <laughs> on his shot.
1: <laughs> well, someone last night pointed out, uh, if if someone hits this million-dollar shot, uh, let, let's say Ezra Aderhold hits a million-dollar shot, uh, you would bet that whatever disc he used is going to have a stamp that says million-dollar shot on it. And, they're going yeah. to make another million selling that disc.
2: There's going to be a so lot of money it, made by the company and by that person, probably. You're right. right yeah, You're
4: changing right. lives here, Steve. <laughs> one life, one, one <laughs> life at a time. Exactly. One life wow. at a time. That's pretty awesome. It's, and that's officially probably the... We've seen these type of bounties on other holes. USDGC had it, uh, I think, a $10,000 $10, bounty. And a bike. Uh, and a bike. We've seen cars before. That, from what anyone knows, this is the largest bounty on a whole ever. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I mean, I would assume that. Yeah, I, I don't even know if and I've heard of a hundred thousand dollars, but maybe I'm not sure.
1: It, it one one really fun thing about this is the policy is about five thousand. It's a little over five thousand um, dollars. And someone last night said, "Well, why why not just give the person that the gets the CTP a five thousand dollar prize?" And I was like. <laughs>
0: who cares
1: about a $5,000 prize <laughs> yeah. when you have the opportunity of a seriously a yeah. million dollars. This is insane. And, um, if, if they hit that shot, I, I said this on, on Nick and Matt, if they hit, if, if somebody hits that shot, they're allowed to jump in the pond Okay. and all of the spectators are allowed to jump in the pond. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's, they, that's yeah. worth
2: the price of admission alone right there.
1: <laughs> That's right. You have approval. You, you, you're right. You have, uh, you have approval. Just grab grab a life jacket on your way in and just
2: tie it. Uh, I think the only question that the entire disc golf community would then follow this all up with is, do you have the gentleman from Worlds with the American flag shorts? Is he there and on site and ready to go <laughs> in case this gets hit? He'll have to be running around as well. <laughs> I feel like you need to get him there. <laughs>
1: And I apologize, I, like I don't we, know his name. <laughs> we need a line of those people. We just okay. need a. We just need a line of people like behind the basket, without shirts on, with with American swim trunks, <laughs> American flag swim trunks, ready to just jump out from behind the basket. Okay. Which, by the way, will be on. Which will be on a platform. It's mm. going to be on like on a four by four scaffolding that has you know marketing says East Coast Metal Roofing. And <laughs> I was and, just going to say, and presented by
2: else, whom? <laughs> yeah,
1: presented by East Coast Metal Roofing. <laughs> Uh, it's called the East Coast Metal Roofing uh, Million Dollar Shot. And then we have room for about five logos underneath it. So if people want to sponsor this, please, uh, I wouldn't mind someone helping to pay for it.
4: If we see a disc slam and pop out, are are, are we going to see someone cry on live on the air? Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, so one really nice thing. we We're getting brand new baskets at Maple Hill. And these are MVP's newest top-of-the-line baskets that have the four rings and the – I think it's a – it feels like it's 40 chains. And a whole bunch of chains go into each different ring, and they – these things swallow baskets. Um, uh, you It's – I've never se- – I've literally never seen a disc, and I've seen people putting at them really hard, hit the post and, and bounce out. It does not happen. Um I haven't seen a cut through. It's just these, these things swallow baskets. They the, the chains all just kinda go oh, and Yeah. They swallowed this. Yes. So if it they swallow discs, Yeah. If they swallow, they swallow other baskets, discs.
2: they are mean. <laughs> S-O-Bs. Like it's, you just like put it on and it's out like Listen. eating other baskets on your course. It's like, get out of here. I, I'm taking over this fairway. Sitting
4: next to Terry. <laughs> I have a very, I'm, I'm waiting for a slip up at this no, point. No, I, so I, I was I'm, very I'm,
2: deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's and I, I guess I can tie this into that was one of the questions we see mock axes we've seen a lot of different baskets come about in the last few years and a mock axe has a ton of chains uh, you know uh, of course presented or produced by DGA that was a question I posed in post production this week and I said if you're throwing a disc for an ace and it's tracking toward a basket and you absolutely wanted to catch at any speed what basket is that and because I was staring at a mock axe that was at the event and i was just thinking how well those catch ba- uh, catch baskets catch dis when <laughs> they're coming in hot and so you're saying that mvp has a yet another level of basket is it debuting at that event or just uh, no, for this they're
1: already they're it's out. already on hole 18 um it and okay. we'll be putting the rest of them out as as the ground thaws. uh we're we're not we still have ground, snow on the ground
4: so okay we've a yeah. little here too
2: well wow, that's yeah. uh yeah. exciting.
1: It it is very exciting and uh I I personally would want to throw on on a if I'm going for an ace I want to throw on a Mach one. Because then you Cause know wanna, it because it was me that put it in there. It wasn't the basket that did it. Like I put it in there. I had it just the right touch and it just settled right in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd love to see something splash out of a Mach one for a million bucks and see how many people think, well, he didn't really earn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the
1: funny thing is he,
4: a 650 he, he foot and then, shot. Well, you didn't quite, you didn't, you, you didn't let it rest. It wasn't on point. Yeah. I mean, you really got to let it those things... rising. It was going up. Uh, uh,
2: so um, God,
1: yeah, I was just going to say, because his next shot is probably going to like hit left chains and bounce out and be like, those never get caught. <laughs>
2: Uh, So on hole one, for those that, uh, well, break it down. What is hole one from the long tee to just over the water that people are usually just trying to clear, or that's uh, a good goal from the long tee? You're saying that uh, during Thursday's round, that's yeah. or after the round, that's where the basket will be placed. But up on a riser, or will that one be in the basket or it, in the it'll ground? Be up on a
1: riser, it, it'll, it'll be, be on the on riser, riser.
2: Yeah. and then you'll just be, you'll back it up. One hundred and
1: fifty feet.
2: One hundred and fifty feet.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean and, and if you think about think about hole one, uh, when you watch Eagle, uh, Calvin, Paul, Ricky, when they play that hole, that's right about where their drives are going. They they put them right on the path, about one hundred and fifty feet past the basket. It's it's. I mean, by no means is it an easy shot. But it really feels like it could be hit, Um, especially with it being a little downhill. You got about 15 to 20 foot drop in elevation. It probably plays about 550. And these guys can be controlled at that distance. And I'll go ahead and say I'm paying five thousand bucks a day. I think next year the policy is going to be at least 10,000. Because they're gonna, the, I don't, I don't think the actuaries understand how good these players are. This, I, I think this is going to get hit.
4: Well, so here it is, guys. This year, just spray. So it's cheaper for Steve next year. So the policy goes down. Um, we'll yeah, if you're gonna miss, going to miss
2: big. Day. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna miss, just miss it big. Huh. So uh, wait, how can uh, you? You said that somebody could win a million a on the first day and then a million on the second. You're, the same person can't, right? No FPO, and yeah. MPO. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. Well,
4: I guess in theory, uh, if 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 Paige Pierce played in both divisions, because MPO, it's it's a mixed. Division. She'd have to
1: qualify, and she'd have to qualify an yeah. MPO as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, okay.
4: Yeah, it's not like the old days where you can kind of just bring it in. So that that is that's going to kind of okay. She, she could theoretically
1: do that, but she's already behind in points at Elf from LBC.
4: Well, she could, couldn't she play in one of the, in some of the qualifiers locally? Qualify oh, that yeah. way? Uh, no,
2: because they're basing Maybe. it on the stats. I think you're saying you're no. basing it on the no stats. No, because no, there, there
4: is some local people that will get that will get in. Local, so in theory, a pro qualifiers, uh, 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 an FPO player could qualify by playing open in the qualifiers, get in to play both sides of the event. I okay, yeah.
1: And then We're, she could get into yeah. the the men's. The, she could get into that accudistance stat. Yeah,
2: that's what but it, yes. but
1: it would be a fan. She'd be with a fan boat.
2: Okay.
1: Mm,
4: all
1: so right. So then, so it it actually could happen. And I I encourage all of the women to come up and play our regional qualifiers.
4: All of them. Yes, we yes. agree. All of <laughs> <All> them. <laughs> Okay. All the regional qualifiers and all the women. And I'm so. sorry.
2: So th- th- if my math checked out, did you say four shots per person and 32 yeah. total? That means you'll have eight mm-hmm. total individuals that will be yeah. throwing for this from each day. Correct.
1: Yes. Okay. So And I, we're going to have so, you know, we're obviously I don't know if it's obvious, but we're doubling the number of fans that we had from last year to this year. So uh, we're right around 700 going to be right around 1400 fans on site this year. I would expect at least half of those people will be sticking around for this million dollar shot, if not every single one of them. So we'll have somewhere on the order of 700 to 1,000 people lining this hole and watching 32 shots and going freaking crazy.
4: Yeah. And- is, is there plans to live stream this? I'd like to know. You can, you can. <laughs> Are we doing this on the Disc Golf uh, Network somewhere?
1: Uh, I actually haven't talked to the Disc Golf Network. I talked to Gatekeeper. And they're going to be filming it for post-produced. But I haven't talked to anybody about uh, a live stream of it yet. It's a pretty good idea, though.
2: I smell a Smashbox exclusive coming. Yes. Uh, Then have you also then, with all of those fans and, and people throwing for this ace, there was another policy taken out for when fans get hit in the head uh, from these, from these ACE runs (laughs) that are all going to be littered all around the fairway. No.
1: In fact, the same person that did this. So I should give a shout out to Mike Calzone of Foy Insurance. Uh, If you live, if you live in Massachusetts or Rhode Island, maybe Maine, uh, I don't know what states they're in. Connecticut. Uh, Is that a state? So anyway, still, if you yeah. live in New England, I'd recommend. Still, <laughs> if you live in New England, I would honestly recommend calling FOIA Insurance and having them price out your auto and home insurance because I did that and he saved me six or seven hundred dollars. And then uh, about a month later, Jess was paying her bill and I went, ah! and and uh, and said, "Just call call Mike." And we just emailed him, and uh, and she her bill was cut down by cut by more than uh, honestly. It is over half her vote. Yeah. She, she was paying a, a lot. And then now she's paying half of that. Half much. of that. Less than, than half. Yeah. So more than
2: 15% by Geico. So this is not a sponsored Geico ad for sure. No, this is- Geico
1: should say yeah. 50% or more. Mm. That's what that's what FOI insurance says. Yes. But we save you th- really... at least
2: 35% more than Geico saves you, who saves you only 15. That's what th- they should change their campaign. Change, change their slogan.
1: We save you three times as much as Geico. <laughs>
2: yes. Mm. Ah, okay. Man, right. if we're not a marketing think tank right here, I don't know what is.
1: <laughs> what would the Foy mascot be? Because Geico has that little cricket thing. A little Geico? Would the... Uh... Yeah, gecko? i think it's a i think it's a cricket
2: i think it's a gecko. i think it's a gecko
1: it's not a gecko yes, uh, what would Foy- i'm gonna google it isn't it <laughs> Terry, has why Gecko has the why yeah. would we want to give them any kind of credence we're talking about boy yeah <laughs>
4: it's Foy- a, so it's a i i'd want to say a cricket i'd want to say a duck <laughs> For Foy, but that—that's Aflac already. Because you got I like
1: I thought you were gonna. I thought you were saying Geico was a duck, and I was
2: like, no, no. Afleck's I mean, a goose, it- not a duck,
1: <laughs> isn't it? It
4: might be a goose
2: <laughs> if it quacks like a duck. Yeah, I don't know.
4: Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Uh, where's all those drugs I, we don't do? I, I, yeah, <laughs> no. Oh my God, I should. So Every anyway, Tuesday night. Foy, I, that's why. It's wait, why I drink. It, um, it, you guys could really do this on Wednesday. It
2: turns <laughs> out. <that laughs> soon enough, it will be. Don't worry. By the time we get through this, it um, will be Wednesday officially. All right. I have some so real Foy, questions.
4: I have some I, real questions for Steve Dodge. Okay.
1: Foy Insurance, who's covering this whole one, is uh, and found, found the a whole insurance for us. Um, and they, they want it to be hit, too, because they have it. It's underwritten by somebody else. Um, but they uh, they also insure Maple Hill. So they, oh, okay. they know what they know what we're getting into. And uh, we work with them on everything. because They're awesome. Anyway, so let's get some real questions,
4: some real questions. All right. So Maple Hill, the the course, what type of changes or the, the money that you're doing your money that you're doing the money that you're getting what are you thinking what everybody considers maple hill kind of a close to perfect course what what do you see where where do you see improvements on this course um to make it better
1: um you the know what's itself. fun is i just i just got a text message from uh <laughs> nate Heinold that said Thanks. who are you working with <laughs> who are you working with? Uh, I'm going to get, it just said, who are you working with? And I'm going to guess it said for insurance on your ACE project. Yeah. AESO. I'm chatting um, with
2: him and, and relaying this. That's why he's reaching out to you. Yes.
1: Yeah. Nate, I, Nate, like I, Donald, Donald. I can hook you up with a good insurance agent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they could maybe sponsor your Legitone insurance open. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: They've got a sweet looking duck. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but I, 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 johnny i apologize oh what course so regarding the course uh the only hole that we're changing this year is hole 12 diamond um that hole was it played really really long and really hard for the women and uh and so we're going to change we're, we're building a new tee that's going to be about 150 feet shorter uh so that, that basically so the women can get to the same spot that the men do like right at, right before the top of that hill so that if they're shot down into the into the woods is is tricky uh just trying to equalize that hole uh to what the men the men do um it's also going to be a good tea for the white white course but that's not not why we're on this podcast um but as far as infrastructure um we are going to be investing heavily on bleachers on hole one uh which are going to be great and we, we're going to build bleachers on hole one and a and a, a platform a stage tea. And, uh, and the, the bleachers will be, you know, right there. And then the stage T and everybody can stand all around it and the bleachers will be elevated as well. Uh, so that you can stand in front of it and not be in the way of the the people sitting in the bleachers. Um, but the idea is just to have the the players come out and basically be rock stars, uh, surrounded by a whole bunch of people who are, uh, being loud when they can be and, and respectful when they need to be. Um, and, uh, so we want to have, you know, seating for, Two or three hundred people there on hole one behind the tee. Uh, We're also going to be building some bleachers on hole eight. Uh, We went out there and we were uh, we were mapping out where we can put bleachers. It's basically a perfect bowl behind that pin. Uh, And the eight holes picked a perfect spot to, uh, to to be and we're going to clear out some trees and build some really nice bleep, well, benches basically just in the woods but uh they're going to be places for a lot of people to sit and uh i, I encourage if if you've never experienced the eight holes and you want to see what disc golf can be and how fun it can be go do that uh we will we'll also be sorry terry uh just uh, i'll finish this uh we're also going to be adding some food and beer uh, out there for the eight holes and the fourteen holes. Uh, that's a name I just came up with. Um, it's got a great who, ring to
2: it. Steve. No, it Let's no, keep no, with this marketing thing, dang. Go on. Uh, oh my <laughs> lord! Fourteen no, holes. Uh huh. Yeah, no, no
1: Their logo is a little cricket. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so, but anyway, we're gonna have a food and food and beer vendor there uh, to to service those people, and hopefully, we'll have hundreds of people at those two holes. And then we're also going to be doing investing in uh, infrastructure, ma- mainly the parking lot, uh, in- improving the parking and improving the traffic flow uh, around the parking. And uh, I'll just go ahead and finish by saying all of the media and all the players will be parking across the street this year, so we won't have any spectators parking across the street and then and then needing to cross the street and come over. Everybody will be everybody that parks across the street will be a professional, and uh, we'll have police officer that's to come across and it'll work great
4: has there been any thought about up on that um 10 13 14 kind of top as far as food or beverage or exclusive seating or anything like that because i mean that seems like a natural spot to sit to watch a lot of good golf
2: that's where the hot air balloon lifts off from you should get a hot air balloon Sponsor. service
4: Someone that can just, the, the exclusive hot air balloons. And then
2: you seat. get to take them up. That's that's roughly, or maybe a little off behind, uh, behind where like 10, uh, 10's basket. All right, so off, I don't know, I'm thinking to the left. So way left side of where 11's T is. Go way off there. That's where people can get in and out of hot air balloon rides. Do you have room over there? Could you get one?
1: In, in 2020, I actually had conversations with a hot air, hot air balloon operator Uh, we weren't able to pull it off and I have, those things are freaking loud. Um, so, uh, and the only place to really do it is right at the top of the hill and you'd have to bring it down and then Mm. exchange people in and out and then put it back up. Um, it's a fantastic idea. I obviously want to do that. Um, if they could make those, those Bunsen burners that fill hot air balloons quiet, (laughs) um, That,
4: that I think we it's money, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So then, uh, completely changing topics. Unless oh, you have something, I, I have
2: something. Okay. To, I I just have some clarifications. Uh, everyone loves the eight holes, and it's become certainly part of the event. And the one downside, and I and I hope none of them kill me for this. The one downside is because of their fun-loving, boisterous, <laughs> you know, wildly exciting good time over there it can legitimately be and fairly, it can be a little bit distracting for the other 17 holes on the course. Too bad. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) uh, That's my question is, do we care? I mean, when, you know, if there's an ACE, clearly you, you expect an eruption, but there's times when I've seen players that are, their concentration is broken because there's, you know, such a, a thunderous applause over there. I don't know. I mean, I know it's hard to say, Hey guys, you're having a great time now just simmer down a little, but I guess it's still a fair question. Cause if they keep getting louder, it's, it's going to be, yeah, the players are going to notice it.
1: Well, I already referenced the 14 holes mm-hmm. trademark. Yes. Um, the, uh, the same thing is going to happen there.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Very much uh, disrupting hole seven, six, seven.
1: Seven, seven. Uh, sure. Uh, eight, mm-hmm. uh, nine, nine's pin, nine's, tea, nine's pin is right across the pond and water uh, noise carries across the pond very easily. Um, the same thing is going to happen at the top of hole 10. Uh, there's a beautiful spot up there to watch those shots coming up. 11 and 13, There's, there's, we haven't built it yet, but in the next two or three years, there will be some kind of a structure up there to facilitate fans. Um, Do we need to tell all of the fans to be quiet when someone hits it on the green? In my opinion, no. And in in my opinion, we need to tell people to come out here and have a very good time. And the players need to adapt. I've, I've heard uh, it might've been James Conrad who said that if he, uh, he actually times out, uh, he, you know, in his head, he, when he, he counts when, when the eight holes have erupted, and then he knows. Okay, now I've got about fifteen to twenty seconds to putt. And <laughs> okay. if if I haven't if I haven't heard them erupted a little bit, uh, I'm I'm going to wait a minute and then I'll go take my putt. So uh, okay, I I just I, I, I think it's I personally think it's important that the fans come and have a fantastic time.
4: I'm with you. I think that our players need to understand that we we don't have to follow in. And even in golf, I mean, you hear eruptions from other holes. Of course. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. we're we're a much we're a much tighter um, uh, course than a golf course, yeah. so it's it's going to you know reverberate uh, a little although bit more. They
1: have a, a golf golf right now has probably five times the spectators.
4: Yes, exactly. So, um, so I, I think our players yeah. just need to understand and have to deal with it. There are some sometimes if if you want the I, I always feel like. This big explosion in exposure comes with what some might see as downsides. and others is going to see as upside. You know, sure. are you a fan favorite? Are you going to be the guy who's yelling at the fans to be quiet? You know, are you Shooter McGavin? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's or are you Happy Gilmore? Right. I, okay.
1: I, I saw I, I was actually I think I was at a golf tournament. I saw Roy McElboy
4: shoot a really hot
1: round. And uh, that's the 10 cup guy. If you didn't know that
2: reference. Okay, okay, yeah, okay yeah, that, that okay. reference.
1: Somebody caught that reference. <laughs> it took t- 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 anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but the people erupted. They yeah. went crazy. Could you so, imagine someone in golf getting a hole-in-one on a hole that was, like, surrounded by a stadium? Imagine what that would sound like.
4: Yeah, and somewhere, like, especially if it was in Phoenix. Like, a, a, a tournament. In Phoenix, yeah. A tournament that has a reputation already for oh, being kind with, of a party. With all that water. And then, yeah that uh, imagine what it would look like (laughs) um all right so my next question moving away from maple hill i have a a a birdie box a a game in my other room i'm sure you have a few of them um what are we looking at for expansions is is, are 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 we done with expansions are we moved on to another other games for the boda brothers where where does birdie stand for you I will
1: say the Bota brothers and Bota brothers in twenty whatever the last year was twenty twenty one took quite a COVID hit. Um, We all heard of it's still going on the the global shipping crisis, Uh, but in in twenty twenty we had our Kickstarter and we we sold a five thousand of the games and we were like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like this could be a legit business, and then in twenty twenty one, so we reordered um and the shipping (laughs) the shipping (laughs) literally went up over thirty thousand dollars from the time we ordered to the time they shipped and it took an extra three months for them to get here like um Nate Heinold who just texted in was the games were supposed to be here a month before Ledgestone and they got here three months after Ledgestone Uh, it was just insanity um sorry Nate by the way um but uh so we had a, a pretty rough year trying to recover from that $30,000 hit, which basically wiped out all of our savings uh, for, for Boater Brothers. Um, but we did do a whole bunch of planning. And what I would do, if I was going to make another expansion pack for Birdie, I would want to have both playoff events represented in in the Birdie franchise. So I don't want to give any hints as to what the next expansion pack might be. but. That's that's what I I would just want to make sure that both of the Pro Tour playoff events are represented.
4: I want the old I, I want the throwback players' cup edition. Can you get us that? <laughs> yeah,
2: Ron Converse has <laughs> been waiting for it.
4: Uh, he wants to be in it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the old players' cup, right? Is it that one of the originals? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah uh any other games i mean we're talking expansion packs how about games uh we, we saw an airline based so game yeah we about? have
1: we have a, we have standby which is the uh travel around the world on standby uh which is always a pleasant experience um yep, <laughs> do <and, and laughs> have you ever flown to standby Terry?
2: Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, does that get confusing? Like, uh, yeah, I'd like to order uh, a (laughs) standby, like just even answering the phone. Like how's customer support there? Uh, can you please stand by? Yeah, no, I'm here. Yes. Yes, I'd like to get that. Yeah, I know. Stand by (laughs) anyway. (laughs) I'm sorry if I just gave you your next commercial, but anyway. Uh, so we, we saw that break down that game for us a little bit and then tell us about your next game, the actual new game you're coming out with.
1: Uh, so st- stand by the game. It's a it's a, a dice card move around the board game. Uh, it's it actually has similar concept of of birdie and that you have cards that can help you move and cards that can hurt other people from moving. Uh, you have these little tokens that represent how many hours of sleep you got, and those tokens help you get dice so that you can try to fly more the next day. Um, there's there's a good amount of strategy. Uh, but the game is mostly designed to just have a really good time with friends. Uh, and if if there are people that fly around the world and have recognized how painful flying can sometimes be, it, it's even more fun. Um, my brother, uh, his his fam, my brother is a flight attendant and uh, and his daughter was or maybe it was him. I, I get confused who tells me stories, but somebody told me a story where like three things in a row happened and like two bad and then one good and he's like I swear someone was playing standby cards on me <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like he's
3: uh,
1: anyway uh, so okay. uh, so we so we have the standby game but then we do we do have two more games we're develop oh is it in the drawer oh it, oh yeah I don't
2: want to see what's okay, in the Okay this is
1: older <laughs> <laughs> This is an older version but this is one of the games we're developing it's called Old Biddies
2: i was just gonna say, it's you, a, is an old maid. Okay, go on. It,
1: it is. It is not old maid. So, like, there's different characters. Uh, you know, there's that lady, and then there's this lady, um, and uh, and the, uh, there's guys too. But whatever. Uh, and the idea is, you are an old lady trying to attract cats to your house. That's the game of old biddies. I love that. Yeah. Um I, I I have to I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh Jess came up with the concept and uh and I was like, Yeah, we're running with that one. Oh
2: my so, gosh. Yeah. I always knew we, she was I, smarter than you. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> it's not even it's not even close, Derek. <laughs> um yeah. I, I came up with a mechanic and it was basically, you know, I I'm just like, okay, play these these little tokens and that's the fun part and we're like what's the skin for this? And Jess came up with, she was like, old ladies trying to attract cats. Perfect. And and so the game, so, and when you're trying to attract cat, the cats, so you have, uh, like you have different cards. Like you have your, your two, your two is your dry cat food. And your Uh six is like a a coconut mix. Uh And so, you know, if someone plays the six, they're going to, it's more likely they'll attract the cats. Cats like coconut.
2: Yeah. How do I not Uh, know this?
1: Well, they definitely like salmon. Every uh-huh. cat likes yeah. salmon, right? You they love that.
2: catnip. That's <laughs> this obvious. Is,
1: this, this is a good one. Water. <laughs> That's just a one. Whatever.
2: I feel like that should be a so, sink as opposed to like a little water fountain. But okay. Those cats like you, to? You got the idea. Yeah,
1: okay. They do. All right. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, we're working on that, and then my brother is actually in the pro- developing a, uh, a a disc golf card game. Uh, his, the original idea, he said. I Sometimes there's backups at the course. And I want someone to be able to just pull out a deck of cards and play like for just a two-minute game. Mm-hmm. And it, after six to eight months of development, it became just a full-blown table game. And that's, I guess that's just where we go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, we have another uh, disc golf game in the works as well. Awesome. Yeah. So lot, lots going on. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see how things go realistically, it's a little painful to say this, but realistically, we're going to have to do a Kickstarter like from total scratch again because uh, all of the Boda Brothers
4: money is gone. Well, I mean, that's and that's not uncommon in the board game business where a lot of times, you know, almost every not almost every, but there are a lot of games and game developers that continue to do Kickstarters for each game. I mean, that's just kind of the nature yeah. of board games these days, you know, very you know, there, there's a few of them that are coming up by major companies, but a lot of them are just being kickstarted and then moved from there. So,
1: yeah, uh, I had genuinely hoped we, we could just, you know, develop the game. And then I don't, I, I think Kickstarter is a really good way to to give people an early in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to be able to make the games no matter what. And <laughs> we're, we're not in that position right now. Uh
2: Okay. I was just going to say any other disc golf related games, but I guess you just kind of touched on the one that you're going to ultimately develop. Um, how much of that takes your attention? You know, Boda Brothers, is it, is it only when it comes about and you guys are sitting around at the, at the dinner table uh, versus like, Hey, we're gonna, let's make sure we each log, you know, our, our 40 hours this week. So
1: with it, game development. It's really interesting. Um, Todd and I work on that. Uh, Todd, my brother, uh, we, we work on it basically whenever we have time. Um, he's, he's done a really good job uh, over the last maybe month to two months. I, I've, I've been very focused on the MVP open, uh, and, and the Maple Hill renovation. Um, and he's done a really good job of giving me space and not saying, Hey, you know, you, you said you do this,
4: <laughs> do
1: something, <laughs> and you, 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 yeah, do something. Um, uh i i probably spend 2 to 5 hours a week on voter brothers it's it's not a not a big time suck and when i'm working on it it's always a joy cuz it's I, I love making games it's you know it's just what i am
2: uh speaking of games then going back to and tying it to mvp mvp at least for my first iteration and for many bo- before i got there had the pool ball races, had, you know, ping pong or table tennis that turned one time into sting pong, which was even more hilarious. Uh, pie pie eating contests. <laughs> I, <remember. laughs> I got Wysocki just covered in welts. It's that hilarious.
1: So <laughs> you had to take your shirt <laughs>
2: off. Yes. Uh, things got weird. Things always get weird at Maple Hill, let me tell you. Um, but we've seen so many of those games. We've seen night golf, accuracy. Uh, how much, uh, if any, of that, I mean, obviously the big... A- Throw-offs, But is there any of those additional games that are going to be, you know, remain or get welcomed back to the event?
1: So uh, we will we will always have those games available. Uh, I don't know how organized they will be this mm. year. Okay. Um, we're we're trying to shift. It's life's kind of, you know, sometimes isn't perfect. Um, cause the very first events, 2004 to 2006, I feel like we had a haircutting party every one of the nights. Like people would just get super drunk and the shears would come out and, <laughs> and they, that's
2: all the best haircuts are formed. Yeah. Look at yours. Yeah,
1: I, I, I think, yeah, I think Matt Peckham showed up on the last day with just like he had half of his hair gone and half of his hair was normal. And it was just like, what is going on right now? And people, did, I, I didn't go to those parties cause you know, I'm, what I don't know why. But uh <laughs> people would show up on the teas and I'm just like what? what the hell happened to these? you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of good stories there. Um but we're we're shifting now to the spectators. Uh the spectators are are the lifeblood of this event. Um and that's that's what a lot of this needs to focus on. Ten years ago, uh, it was more about hey, let's, we're having a fantastic time. Let's make sure that everybody goes and competes in ping pong and compete in in the putting contest and the long drive contest. And and now the long drive contest, it, it was always entertaining for spectators. But uh, in 2021, it, it was something that like people said, hey, when is that? I want to go see that. And so we're we want to build on that and give give people something really exciting, especially Thursday and Friday nights. something really exciting to come and watch. Um, uh, next year, uh, I'll go ahead and just say next year, I plan on expanding from, from the long drive contest to, I want to also have a, uh, other contests. Go ahead, Johnny.
4: I think I was just, again, we're spitballing here. This is a MVP open uh, brainstorming. I think it'd be kind of fun to take those games that everyone used to play, like Hide the Shears, and... Each one of your locations, your eight holes, your fourteen holes, your um, I can't believe I said that out loud. The one holes, um, <laughs> the two holes, <laughs> the two yes, and, and and re and and give one of those games to each of those groups. Like maybe the eight holes do the pie eating contest. So when uh. when the live cameras swing around there. I mean, sometimes there's a backup on the next hole, but you, you could turn around and be like, "Hey, they're going about to do the pie eating contest on with the 8 holes or we get to the 14 crew and, <laughs> and 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 hey, they're doing some other contest that that Maple Hill used to be famous for. I think that could be fun.
2: You got to represent your your set. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I, anyway, I would love to see
1: on on the on the 8th hole it, when, if you get a birdie Or you hit your putt from the drop zone, like the one of the eight holes has to run out and they hand you a pie and you eat it as fast as you can right there. (laughs) And then you and you they every time you and if you know you take more than 30 seconds, you get booed. And then you go to the next tee and, you know, whatever.
4: And then throw I, up. And then, you know, yeah, I, 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 I was going to say, my plan didn't involve the players, but... No, we'll, I want, we'll I want Raven, Raven Newsom. Raven Newsom's going to
1: bang that that putt from the drop zone again, and then he's just going to mouth pie.
4: I mean, I think it should be an option, but I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> I like it. Okay, I, yeah. Yeah. Force feeding pies sounds like a, that's right there in the fine print of the ticket sales. You, you may be imagine subject what, to having a pie shoved down your face. Yeah.
1: Okay. Imagine the lead card comes through, and yeah, here you go. You, know, uh, you line them all. You line them all up, and say this is, you know. Yeah, I,
2: I guess that's how we have to go about it. Uh, and then I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with a vision one of the visions for uh within the early stages of the pro tour involved you know this very carnival uh fun interactive atmosphere and experience which is kind of what we're touching on now Uh, but games and things that whether it's families or spectators uh there's just really not a lot of room left at maple hill to to have some of that stuff is there i mean because well, I feel like now we have food trucks and beer trucks and vendors and so many other things. Uh, how do you balance what it is that you want to have there on site?
1: So one interesting thing we're we're just making better use of the space that we have. Um, uh, last year we had about seven vendors total, and they all had a great time. And from what I understand, everybody enjoyed them being there. And this year we I expect we'll have about fourteen vendors because we're just we're just shifting things around looking looking at the space it's google maps is a wonderful thing and you just look at the space and go where what is the best way to put a bunch of 10 by 10 tents on this space and there there's a on on hole one between hole one t's that the diamond and the gold t is that christmas tree field mm-hmm. and rather than putting the tents you know to the left and up towards the corner. We're going to put them up against the... It's funny, I do this and I see my hands. <laughs> uh, for everybody listening to the audio, my apologies <laughs> for the hands all the time. Um, do you release this in an audio format only? Tonight? Yeah. Like right now?
2: No, that's on Wednesday. <laughs>
1: actually it is on Wednesday yeah. so we do yes
2: that. it will get released tonight
1: <laughs> maybe that's what I anyway um that's that's hilarious so but then we're just putting the tents on the other side of that so we'll be able to get more tents we're just using the space more efficiently um we're talking about having a putting station like a speed putting station so fans can have more things to do um I've heard the Pro Tour might be having some sort of festival games. I don't know if that's true or not. Mm. Um, That was just a rumor. Justin, Zoe,
4: Paul, you're coming back, baby. Start building those things back up.
1: (laughs) I want to say Dodge
0: City.
4: Dodge City, let's bring it back. (laughs)
1: Uh, Burning, burning that at GMC was a very cathartic experience. That was nice. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Mm. But uh, and then, but I'm also planning on having a uh, a disc themed escape room on site hmm. uh, i have a I have a f- local friend that designs escape rooms and and he and I are are working on something that I think will be very very fun uh, just a quick like two to three minute escape room for two to five people uh, if you don't get it the first time through maybe you go through again and it's yeah I, it, it looks like it's going to be a great time. <sighs>
2: Yeah, I designed an escape room in college and it was not a great time for some. So all right. All right. So <laughs> Lawsuit's still pending. <laughs> uh we're oh Sunsteam when I need so, them.
1: <laughs> I am so glad I'm being quiet right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Plead the fifth. That's what that's that's what I've yes. been told. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right, so is there any stone uh, that's been unturned here in uh in our in our not Maple not Hill MVP conversation? Anything else we well, need to worry I, about here, Steve?
1: I want to tell the world how great the Maple Hill crew is. Um oh. we've since Thanksgiving, we've done a really good job of renovating the pro shop. We've done a good job of organizing and getting prepared for the 2022 regular season, if you will. Maple Hill officially opens on daylight savings which is sun this sunday mm. um <clears throat> and then coming up uh we have uh, starting in april um we're going to have uh, edu- uh, disc golf uh, maple hill disc golf school on every monday and up to 15 people will come out and get lessons from gage benson our course pro uh every tuesday we'll have our league every wednesday is women's wednesday uh women can come and play for free use use the coupon code mh women when you're making your tea time
4: the same thing um, terry tried and, to do in college but okay
1: <laughs> again didn't work just, just leaving those alone um <laughs> and then and then we're having a monthly league sponsored by cosmic disc golf um the, the cosmic monthly series from april to october uh playing red white blue and old glory in in, in succession uh each month and i'm, I'm just really excited how uh how prepared and organized the team has gotten Maple Hill this year. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to to knock it out of the park. I'm excited to get new bathrooms. I'm excited we have a new shop. And then all of these this improved infrastructure for the spectators uh, is going to be great. Oh, I, also, I'm working with uh, – you guys know Charlie, the, the caddy for – I think he's Eric Oakley's caddy.
2: Yep, yep. Yeah. He's always in the white yeah. – yeah. Yep. Carrie. Yeah. Yep. So
1: he he lives Schmack. in he lives in the area, and uh, and he is helping me uh, create the spectator routes, mm. um, and we're actually going to start putting the signage up in the next month or two, so that people who locals who come to the course will just sort of ingest that as they play, and they'll when they show up to spectate, they'll be like, oh yeah, I know how this works. And so we're just going to start educating the spectators nice and early. Um, like one of the things we're doing is on hole one, you can, you can only go down the hill. You've got to go with traffic. You can't come back. you got to go. If you're coming back, you've got to go up two or you've got to go up 18. And so we're just mapping out the best way for spectators to walk. And I, I'm very excited for how prepared it feels like we are. Obviously, we're going to miss a lot of stuff. We always do.
4: Don't worry, the uh, internet will not hold it against you for years and years and years.
2: Yes, yes. they'll barely even notice, and they'll definitely keep it, it to themselves. Right. Uh, so that's and, awesome. You're going to have, uh, just like at the airports, you're going to have those moving walkways, sending everybody down one, and if they want to come back yes. up, they got to fight that moving walkway.
1: It, it's actually a zip line, but yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: That, you know, there there is a zip line on a course uh, in Minnesota over at Vision Quest, so I think yeah. going, yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think that should be a thing. How yeah. fun would it be to zip line down one? Cool one at, yeah. At, it, oh my it gosh! Why are you not pollen, doing that?
1: It, uh, Mike Foy from Mike uh, Calzone from Foy Insurance. <laughs>
4: that's why he's not doing okay, it. Literally, okay, that's
2: all we need. <laughs> okay, okay. It's Mike's fault. I got you. But if you did a hot air balloon and then no. just the the exactly. the landing, like, oh, your your ride stops here. It's we're above the pond on one. This is where you get out. I don't know.
1: Terry, do you have a do you have a favorite ice
2: cream? Uh, blue, blue Moon. What are they? I think they call it all? Brand. I think it's the yeah. <laughs> the flavor is all. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, blue Moon. Johnny is right. Uh which is very midwestern uh as I've I've learned when I was on California. Okay. Blue, blue State. I don't know.
1: Anyway, I, yes, oh, Blue Moon. No, we have blue, we have Blue Bunny. That's different. Blue Bunny is a brand. Yeah. Blue they do make the Blue
2: Moon though, too. Some Blue Bun- Blue Bunny oh. in certain areas will make a blue moon but blue moon if it's gross it's not people it's funny i wouldn't go out of my way to buy fruit loops but when people want to describe what blue moon tastes like they say it kind of tastes like a mix between like fruit loops and cotton candy and i i never had thought about it that way before i just love the taste but that's how others would
4: describe it i could see that for me blue moon is good for about one bite and after that, I'm like, well, that's
2: where you're wrong. You don't <laughs> bite ice cream. So you've already, you're already failing at ice cream. Well, and as an expert in ice cream, let me tell you, Blue Moon's the way I to go. If I think
1: about con- confetti birthday cake, is that the flavor?
2: Uh, no, but that would, no. that would work. I mean. Oh,
1: that's a different flavor.
2: I mean, I'm not hating on it. That's for sure. But no, okay. confetti. Okay. No. uh, Superman has, has some is. I, I think some people have said Superman. They've tried Superman ice cream. Well, that when Steve similar...
4: Dodge comes out here to Wisconsin and visits us in Milwaukee. I know where we're going. Oh, we're going yeah. to get some blue moon ice cream.
1: Well, well you, you hold your little hat because I've talked to Jess. You, Terry, you know how much she loves you.
4: No, but go
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she met you and she was impressed. She, she oh. thought you were a very nice person. Oh, well, quick meeting we should probably leave it that way <laughs> don't meet
2: again you want to roll those dice all right because eventually we're gonna but come I up it's a new boda
4: brothers game <laughs> do you like terry like oh god I... Like terry? I got the interview card crap it's, <laughs> it's a six-sided one... dice i'll say no So you roll.
1: <laughs> why go six let's do 20 sided. a 20-sided one, a one-sided coin anyway um, but anyway uh <laughs> i told her i was going to be on smashbox and, and uh and milwaukee came up and i was like we need to go to Milwaukee sometime and, and visit with Terry and
4: Johnny. You need to come here and for like is, for like Summerfest. Yes, Summerfest is the, the, are the huge. Yeah, is
1: the Pro Tour Studios in that area? One well? of them.
4: It is one of the the Midwest okay. studio is here in Milwaukee,
2: just a few minutes from where we are. So yeah, absolutely, we're
4: almost, we're almost moved in. That's very exciting. We'll wait.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're welcome. Let's do it.
1: So, oh, oh that, you're
2: coming too, not just her
1: even well, she likes you so i mean i
4: don't I mean yeah you can come visit me steve <laughs> every,
1: <laughs> terry every once in a while facebook sends me these little reminders that i've known you for a long time and there's some awkward pictures
2: no 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 the one with your the one with your nose <laughs> buried into my uh cheek uh <laughs> and we're face to face no I don't think so.
1: I enjoyed the, one of the first Vibram interviews, and you, I, you were just standing there, and I just started hopping up and <laughs> I just started uh, that, jumping up.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was the 2010 Worlds, uh, Am Worlds. You that, and I. That had might a have been Vlog
4: 34. Someone referenced it on their board earlier tonight. So like, we how, go a how, long how way young, back. Steve. How young you guys looked. Yeah,
2: and somebody's got a birthday in a few weeks too. Well, I guess me. Well, Johnny. But then, <laughs> Steve, are you, are you April 1st? No. Or May 1st? Somewhere no. around the end of April? April 29th? 28th? One of there those days. There you
1: dates. go. April 29th. That's okay. damn good, Terry.
2: Okay. I knew it was. I was and, thinking it was the beginning of April. It's the end of April. All right.
1: And you're November 4th?
2: <laughs> Not even close.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, you got the day. You got August, the day. August
4: 4th. August. There you go.
1: Wow. That was. <laughs> Random.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a second there, I thought you really knew, like it was like the fourth, and then I'm then and then it took me about a split second. I'm like, no, that was just a random guess. Way to go!
2: <laughs> Roll the dice again, Steve. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
1: Do you like Terry?
2: Uh, all right. Is there anything else? Uh, here, here's where I'll ask because you you've now mentioned it a couple times it's it, whether it's personal to us or you're you're posting more publicly with it and you said it already tonight you are consuming live disc golf and you right. like you, you and jess, consume ice cream yes exactly <laughs> and uh you and jess uh have been watching it and consuming it and it seems like it's more than keeping your attention is it exactly what you expected is it uh, where's room for improvement what what are are we headed in the right direction just generally speaking
4: it
1: of course uh it honestly it would be silly for me to try to come up with ways for the you guys to improve because i know for a fact that there are people who are paid to do that who are much better qualified um i i see the improvement at, well the, the lvc lvc was in my opinion, far and away the best broadcast ever in disc golf uh and I, I'm just gonna keep enjoying watching these these shows improve uh it and holy cow, the players are so good too um like not only the camera operators are great but um it watching like if we could i told uh I don't remember who I was talking to maybe it was Brad Peets over at Jonesboro, and I was like, just make sure that you." finish the round. thing that things in a tie and everything's going to (laughs) be
4: good. Golf Um, hides mediocre broadcasts. Now, not that LVC was a mediocre broadcast. I enjoyed the LVC broadcast, but it certainly helps, but great golf will help hide a lot of flaws. Um,
1: I wish I, I I wish that, that there was a point where they showed, I think it was on the women's side and they showed one of the women's shots over again. I think that actually happened twice. Like they played a replay twice. Mm. And the um, I, I wish that the commentators had had played out, gone, gone ahead and said, "Well, there, there she goes again," or just something along those lines. Yeah, but it, it was just it was just silent, awkward, and it was just like <laughs> uh, we're not going to forget that that happened. Come on, you got to you got to play into it a little bit.
4: Yeah, that um, was but, uh, I, honestly. I think that was Mo who queues up the replays. He replayed it, and it was a little hectic. And he honestly couldn't remember if he had played it. It was sitting in our queue. and He's like, "Did we play this? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if we played this or not. So let's just play <laughs> it again, and we're gonna play it again. So every once in a while, you'll catch him. So, yeah, um, it's funny,
1: Johnny. I honestly forgot that you did that. Like, my, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely removed. So far removed that it's just like. I'm just watching yeah. what they do. And <laughs> it is it is so much fun. It's like mm-hmm. I, I schedule my day and I just like, okay, at, at two o'clock they're gonna come on and I'm turning it on and I watch that countdown and I make sure you're gonna, you guys start at zero. That's the, that is one thing I was like, freaking start on time. But and uh and and you do and it's do. Yeah. wonderful. I, I love it. I'm really, really excited. Uh and People will go ahead and ask me, "Do I have any kind of uh, uh, irritation or sadness that I'm not running the pro tour, or that I wasn't able to see it through to the finish line of profitability?" And and I'm just like, "I in my opinion, I succeeded exactly how I wanted to." Oh well, (laughs) I never want to go through 2019 again. Um, But uh, I succeeded to the point where. Uh, we created something that people wanted to watch enough so that the Pro Tour was literally saved. Um, and and now I'm able to sit back and watch disc golf, live disc golf, which, which has been my, my dream all along. And, you know, the, uh, the fact that I get to come on Smashbox is just a
4: bonus. <laughs> There's been a small, small swell of sentiment about naming an award after you. Um, like, oh boy! I like know what that is? Is this a short joke? What are what you saying? Small? <laughs> I'm just saying. There's uh, there's people out there that believe that because you had the vision for the pro tour, you 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 fronted a lot of money, you put yourself in some very awkward positions. <laughs> looking back and things that there could be a Steve Dodge spirit of the game award or kind of like we have a Bob West Memorial or Memorial Bob yeah. West award. Yeah. The Memorial or sportsmanship award. sportsmanship that there could be a DGPT award. If, if there was an award for the pro tour named after you, what would you want it to be? What would you want it to represent? Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I love your idea of the spirit of the game. Um, it, it, uh, that's a really interesting. I
4: that that I, I don't know what to say to that um, because it's. And I'll tell you, like it, I I surf a lot of social media in general. I, I, I sit on my butt on my day job and do computer stuff. I watch a lot of blue lines progressing as people install software, and so I have time to kind of peek around a lot. And there is a. a, a I'll say a not small segment of the people who realize where this came from and, and the, the beginnings of it and think that you, you know, a, that you should be a hall of famer, which I, I do. <laughs> I'm in that boat as well. And we're going to talk about the hall of fame a little bit later. Um, but in general, think that the DGBT could, could, and I'm not going to say should, but could honor you in some way, um, and it's it's not a small sentiment out there. I think when it's brought up, a lot of people agree with it. And I'm and I it got me thinking a couple months ago. One of the last times I saw this, I'm like, what would Steve? What kind of award would Steve want? Like, Spirit of the Game, uh, a Most Valuable Player. But we, I mean, I think we already have those right now. Uh, they was those were just named uh, last year. I think we have Elaine King and somebody else other players some, some other th- players but yeah just like a if, spirit of spirit of the game so
1: I well whoever the spirit of the game award was named after is probably a really nice person <laughs> and they wouldn't mind if it was named after me instead <laughs> <laughs> oh. all right
2: <laughs> well it. Um, uh,
1: <sighs> but that, johnny that's a really nice sentiment and if if I had, uh, it's silly for me to even say anything like this out loud, but I'm a relatively silly person. And I, I stick my foot in my mouth all the time. Um, I'm not worried about being in the PDGA Hall of Fame. I want to be in the DGPT Hall of Fame.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that that seems like a no-brainer uh, for starters. And again, well, I, think, I'll, I,
4: think, I think both, but okay. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll just say it. You know, while well, we're all gushing on Steve, that if if people think anything but you being a hundred percent of the. The uh, not only the originator of this idea, but then getting it started, as Johnny said, anyone I, like I immediately just dismiss them because they don't know what they're talking about. The you know you read stupid things on the internet every single day, and I've read some of the dumbest things that when they even just make their sentence, it's like you have no idea where this has come from, where we're going, and and some of the assumptions they may or may not make uh, that go along with it, and so. I immediately just dismiss them and what they're saying at that point. You are the reason the pro tour exists entirely. Now, as you said, it got handed off and it got you, you pass the torch on, but, for anyone that says things like, oh, the, the the Steve Dodge got in the way of the Pro Tour. I literally read that last week. Steve Dodge got in the
4: like, not realizing I mean, you started the Pro Tour. I mean, the, the good thing for Steve is we've, you know... Half the people that played this golf weren't even playing in twenty nineteen. So they have no idea. <laughs> that's <laughs> don't, perfect. Yeah. They,
1: they don't even know what I did in twenty nineteen. That's a good thing.
4: Uh, uh, no. Yeah, so, but it's not because it, it, it again. is and it isn't. We obviously, you know, we're, we're we're always here. And uh and yeah, I would love to see, I think, at some point a Steve Dodge uh, award of some sort. And I, and I hope I hope the Pro Tour has Seen that and listened, I'm I'm on board. Or the Terry Miller right. Brown Nose of the Year Award, according <laughs> yes. to Disc Blaster. Yes, <laughs> it, it oh,
1: feels weird. it feels ridiculous to me that that I'm even in this conversation. Uh, it um, but okay. I, I, I but I, I'm just like you guys. I, we're just guys doing something that we love. Um, I I happened to take all of my savings and a little bit more and put it all into building the Pro Tour uh, and didn't succeed financially. um, And thank goodness I didn't succeed financially because someone who had financial resources was able to step in and put, I'm going to go ahead and say a more talented crew in place for where the Pro Tour was going. Um, I'm really, really proud of of what you guys and and me and, and Miles and Sean Jack and the whole crew all put together Back in those early days, um, I actually was telling at dinner tonight the story of, of Seth Fenley and I uh, setting up the courses. And it, it felt like it was just the two of us. And then when Joey Tamale came along, it was like, whew, we got a little kid to help. And uh, but and then last year at the tournament, Seth and I were talking, watching other people setting up the trust. And I was like, this is the way, this is life. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> this is how you do so it. If only we'd have this known. How, <laughs> what, what are we thinking? Um, but uh, I'm I'm really I'm really touched that uh, I was able to do something that I'd always wanted to do. And and I, I'll encourage anybody listening right now, um, if you have an opportunity to to do something that you think is going to matter in your life, I would encourage you to do it. Um, and if if things my in 2019, everything collapsed for me. Uh, It was as bad as it could possibly be. And you know what happened? Time went by and it is not that bad anymore. And I'm a much stronger person now because I went through that and had that experience. I flat out failed financially. And but life life goes on and, you know, we're we're all going to be fine. I I say take as many risks as you can and and keep living and experiencing. It's it's kind of a, a beautiful thing that we've all been handed just the fact that we're alive. So, I say take that opportunity.
4: Um, so it sounds like we send him our unpaid invoices now from 2019. <laughs> yeah. was, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, Steve's on his feet again. Let's um, get him. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, I do think that we all got lucky in that uh, Todd and Jeff and company came in yes. when they did and took were able to take advantage of the covid surge in the way they have and the sport and DGN and DGPT are all much better off for it.
2: Yeah, clearly. I mean it's as you said it's just been this We had to go through, experience certain things to then get to a point we did to then build and regrow and rebuild and and just continue to grow and thrive from there. And at some point, there'll be another probably naturally there'll be some form of a minor or major setback and you build upon that and you progress. I mean, it's it's like everything else. And yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I wouldn't change a thing. I honestly wouldn't.
2: All right. Well, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Thank tonight. you guys. Yeah. Thanks you guys keep
1: you. doing a great job. Uh, I'll listen to this on Wednesday when it comes out. <laughs> that sounds That's, like a good idea. It's like a plan.
2: And uh, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome anytime in Milwaukee. Both of you uh, just show up with blue moon and you'll be set.
1: Is there any way that I could get a, a copy of the audio podcast earlier? Do you do that for anybody?
4: Well, we do release them directly after the broadcasts for our Patreon supporters. Patreon? You guys yeah. have a Patreon? Yeah, We do have a Patreon. Patreon.com uh,
2: slash SmashboxTV will get you there.
4: If you're watching the audio, it's right here. And I'll get you the audio. <laughs> yeah, look at... I'll link it for you. Oh,
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> Just. And you, you, you can you can be part of our studio audience, which is a, a bunch of minis that are hung on the wall with unique pictures on them that people have. You can get part of the clothing tier, which I need to send something out here really quick. Uh, I need to talk to Miles I wanna, about I want to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, you can. You, anybody, yeah. I'll anybody send you the can. link. <laughs> you too can join.
4: Patreon. Oh, yeah, it is out there. Patreon.com slash TV.
1: Terry, my email is jeff
4: at (laughs) dgpt.com. Just send all invoices there. (laughs) Uh, All correspondence Uh, goes
2: All right, Steve, as always, we love you. You're welcome here anytime. I I don't know what you were doing, like planning this out weeks in advance. That seems a little too advanced for us. But uh, you can drop in anytime you've got news, planned or otherwise. Uh, Congratulations on your incredible partnership. That's going to continue with MVP. We're looking forward to... Oh, I thought you were talking
4: his marriage, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Congratulations so I, to you I on have, that.
1: I have, one, I have one question for both of you, and then I promise I'll sign off. Okay. On the men's, on the men's side, which was the oh, exclusively announced today for this million-dollar shot, who yep. do you guys think is going to get the CTP, which yes. is worth 500
4: bucks? Oh, it is. Oh, it's worth $500. CTP, yeah. I think we would see it be... I think Eagle Mm. Eagle McMahon. He has a power. He has no, no. Yeah. I say he has a a powerhouse. He likes to throw the big monster spikes. He's less likely to get a skip away and probably plant one near or under the basket. So Eagle McMahon is my pick. Ah, gosh, you can't pick him now.
2: Ah, that's fine. I was going to say the ultimate showman. It would have to be Simon, but now I'm second-guessing saying with the points and the requirements, I don't know if he'll be eligible depending on what he's played or not played for these stats that you don't know how they work or exist yet. So if I can't pick Simon, my next best guess is Calvin Heimberg.
1: After watching Calvin at the All-Star, watching those shots, I I feel like Calvin's got a good shot. Eagles Eagles, not a bad choice, though.
4: I like Eagles pure power.
2: So okay. Who are you picking, Steve?
4: Yeah. Uh I was picking Calvin. Okay. He's gonna pick himself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I think the last time I played I didn't reach the pond. So we'd be right
2: there. Just with laying you. up safe. We like that. That's a good move. On that,
4: Steve Dodge, always known to play it safe. Yes. That's what it is. Always. <laughs> That's right. All, right. all right, Steve, Thank we love you, you buddy.
2: Uh, congrats on everything. Thanks. And we look forward to uh, not only showcasing it to the world in, in our own ways, but uh, growing and thriving and, and uh, experiencing all this incredible stuff within the sport of disc golf. And so much is owed to you. And we certainly appreciate it. And again, you're welcome here anytime, buddy.
1: You are beautiful men.
4: Uh, thank you very I, much, Steve. Thank you, buddy. Have, have, have a, a good night. night. Steve Dodge of the MVP Open and Maple Hill, creator and founder of this golf pro tour, former PDGA board member, um, tournament director of the D- year, tournament director eventual of the
2: year. Hall of Famer. We'll call that now. Oh God. Yeah. And then, uh, co co, owner and developer designer of boater brothers games
4: also previous owner of prime discs i don't know that guy yeah well what we What's do going have... to do next open a barbershop no he's not going to um what we do have right now is we have a video from ace run productions a one disc one what? tip with one mr nathan queen so just sit back relax just a few minutes Uh, When we come back after this, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the memorial and some news that came back and forth before we get into some after show talk. So once again, thanks to Ace Run Productions, one disc, one tip with Nathan Queen.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. Felix with Ace Run Productions, and we are back with another one-disc, one-tip segment, and we've got the 2021 DGPT champion, Mr. Nathan Queen. What's up, man? Hey, thank you so much for joining us for this segment, Nathan.
3: Yeah, appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely. So you had a banner year last year. Tell me what that moment was like, sinking that putt, knowing that you were the 2021 Disc Golf Pro Tour champion.
3: Yeah, it was a pretty crazy feeling. It's not one that I can easily describe. Uh, you said banner year. I'd just say I had that one good event. So, like, it was, uh, it, it basically, it didn't fix my year, but it made it to where it just, you know, it made me feel better at coming into this year knowing that, I'm, that I am able to do that. It just um, kind of solidified what I knew I could do in the first place.
0: It was incredibly fun to watch round over round. You just fighting from the lower position the entire way i'm sure that helps to build your confidence as well as you're continuing to do it round and round
3: uh each day my mindset was kind of i'm starting again i didn't really look as at it as i just played a good round now i get to do like now i now i'm continuing the same event to do it again it was more like i'm starting over again the next day so i really wasn't trying to think about the previous rounds too much because i was trying to get that mindset of just starting over again
0: so another year for you with Innova. I know you've got a bunch of discs that you rely on, but going through your bag, if you can think of one disc that's in there now that can make a difference in anybody's game, what disc would that be?
3: Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Mako 3 uh, for now. It's a super reliable straight flyer. Once you've once you've worked it and understand it's the speed that it needs and the and the different angles that you can throw it on, you can do just about anything with it. If you know how to throw it correctly, you can throw it to for a hyzer, or a straight shot, or a turnover shot.
0: There's a reason why it's in so many elite pros' bags for sure. Uh, switching gears a little bit, thinking about the strategy involved in the game and tips that you can maybe share and party some of your knowledge. What's one thing you think? can help anybody in their game way.
3: when you're first learning or even after you've learned how to throw and kind of hit your lines it's very important to let the disc do the work most of the time you don't want to if you're pulling something out to force it over and and make it do an s line on a straight shot then you're not throwing the right shot you really want to pick a disc that's going to fly that straight line you want to You know, if you're trying to throw a hyzer, you want to throw a disc that's going to go out flat and then hyzer a little bit. You don't always want to just try to throw a disc that you're comfortable with on a shot shape that that disc is not made
0: for. Awesome. Great tip. Love all of it. So Nathan, take the time out here to go ahead and thank your sponsors. And how can anybody follow along on your social media to see what you're up to?
3: Yeah, my uh, Instagram is nqueen underscore 68286 that'll be the best place to follow along and kind of see what I'm doing this year uh, Innova Disc Golf this will be my fourth full year with them uh, picked up midway through 2018 super excited to be with them again and have that tour series disc coming out soon, I'm excited for that uh, Dark Ace Apparel is a new sponsor for me this year they're stepping up big, I'm excited to work with them and uh, kind of partnered with that as well Local Line Apparel both of these companies are close to the St. Louis area in Missouri Uh, so definitely check those guys out they're helping me out a lot this year I've teamed up with Flight Towel again this year along with Fossa Disc Golf Bags and uh, Tree Love has always been a supporter of mine they're good people down from Dallas so appreciate all those guys check me out on Instagram and uh, hopefully on some more Ace Run coverage there you go
0: Well, thank you so much, Nathan, for taking the time out to do this segment with us. As always, Smashbox, thank you so much for airing these segments. And from all of us at Ace Run Productions, let's run it.
2: Thank you so much, little Ace Run Productions. Nathan Queen, of course, your champion from last year's Disc Golf Pro Tour Championships with some great insight. Yeah. Well, uh, I was just going to take a deep breath. We had a long, yeah, pretty lengthy chat with Steve, which is no surprise. He's one of our favorite guests uh, to have because he is filled with so much insight. And and as you were saying, he's got his hands in a lot of different cookie jars. And one of the questions that was came up on the board that we didn't even get a chance to ask him, but it was a, a legitimate question was, uh, what did he think of Jomez paying for the rights to be uh, covering the first card at the disc golf pro tour for the next two years. And Johnny and I know him well enough. I think that we could say that he absolutely loves seeing that. And and his vision was essentially to, to flip it's the model that we have currently on its head uh, in, in that there would be uh, those opportunities for people to buy the rights. But Mm -hmm. clearly we continue to build to the, to the point of even trying to make that a reality and, I'll every week for a long time, probably throw out the disclaimer that that works for certain events in certain situations with certain productions. That's uh, we're a long way off. I think from, um, I don't know if long is the right word, but we are still ways off from, you know, that becoming the standard practice.
4: Okay. Lots of fun. So we need to talk real quickly, probably about the Memorial, the event in, phoenix arizona that you happen to cover this weekend with as we talked about early um just probably some of the results yep sure sure I, I didn't even see who won don't spoil it for me bro well i was able to watch some post-production coverage so i know who won mm. um, on the mpo side a little guy He's like five foot six. I don't think he's that short. Is he? I don't know. Everyone looks five foot six. I just, for me, I'd assume everyone's five six because they're all, like so much shorter than me. Uh But anyway, um, a man by the name of Paul Macbeth dropping down some huge ratings. Uh, 11. The first couple of rounds. 11.08 on the first round, uh, 10.98 the second round, 10.39 the third round, and 10.52 the fourth round. And we know Fountain Hills tends to produce these, I don't want to call them inflated, but higher than normal round ratings based on a lot of different things. The top pros are going to be shooting way better than the bottom pros because of all the OB and the strokes that can come into effect. So it really kind of has a, uh, a variance in the ratings. But either way, it doesn't matter what the ratings are because Paul Macbeth shot three strokes better than Anthony Barella. Uh, in third place, Aaron Gossage at a 35 under par fourth place, a tie drew Gibson at 31 and Adam Hammes at 31 as well. So congratulations to your top five finishers, uh, from probably the biggest a tier of the year.
2: Yeah. I, you know, you think about the, the staples, the events that we've seen for many years. This is the 34th annual, uh, Memorial championship that's taken place. And so, not only the longstanding history, we've seen it kick off the national tour, we've seen it kick off the pro tour, uh, and and it continues to be an event that I mean, two years in a row, people have said, "Well, it's not kicking off those tours. How big or how good can it be?" I mean, I you know if I if 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 you're getting, I'll say particular about it i mean it's it's good enough that paul Macbeth continues to to show up and obviously i mean you have 1040 it's a great event. yeah you have 1040 you have others people clearly there are still people that very much believe that they don't feel that the course is that exciting or that sure. they don't love it then all i can say to that is then it's okay you don't have to
4: you don't have to attend and you don't have to watch it um but you're and still it, seeing our players go and it's kind of funny because i feel like there is a and we're only like really one year removed from it not being on the tour. It wasn't on the tour last year, Mm -hmm. the year before that, it was on the tour last year. I think a lot of people celebrated. Yeah. You know, get the Memorial off. Let's get better courses made for the pro tour. And I already feel like there's kind of almost a nostalgia towards this course. And it's only two years out, but people are like, Oh gosh, I, I really like watching the Memorial. I'm, I'm glad it's not on the pro tour for X, Y, and Z reason. And I think I probably fall under that category as well. I don't, necessarily think it's a right course or the right event for the Pro Tour. The events run phenomenal, but the course probably due to it being a public establishment and and the Fountain Hills, you can't really close them down. And there's a lot of spectators that are just wandering through. I get we all know the reasons why, but. A lot of people enjoy watching this event. It fits really nicely into the schedule right after Vegas before Waco. It just it's it's a great event and a lot of players really enjoy playing it. And I put it right with Vegas. Like I, I have no particular love for the Vegas courses. I don't dislike them, but they don't, they're nothing to me. I, I have no attachment to them. I've never been there. I've never played. I have a small attachment to the Memorial courses because I've played them. I understand the difficulty in them. A lot of people only see the top pros go out and throw what they call the Heisner Olympics. And I get it. it. It's, it's, you don't see a ton of, forehand shots you don't see a ton of uh shot shaping especially at fountain a little more at vista you'll see a little bit more at vista certainly Uh, but they also don't understand the the true difficulty in some of these courses uh, because they've probably never played them they've only watched the top pros play them you and i we've both we've literally played these courses a couple dozen times and you've walked them more times than i care to remember so anyway great course great event over on the women's side, we have Kristen Tatar winning, uh, taking home $2,000. She shot an eight under par, besting Jen Allen by three strokes. And then Owen Scoggins shooting one stroke worse than Jen uh, at a four down for third place. Fourth place was Henna Blomroos at two under par. And then tied for fifth place, we see Emily Beach and Evelina Salonen uh, at one over par. So congratulations to All of those women. uh, Kristen Tatar shot a 1012. She had a rough second round in 964, but I think the wind was up a little bit more for that round. And her
2: discount was down. And her discount was down. Unfortunately, throwing two or three of <laughs> oh, her favorite discs. We're not talking like discs.
4: a discount double check. We're talking no, discs, no, as no, discs as in the discs in her bag. Throwing two lost. or three of
2: her favorite drivers in the water Did she get on them back? hole two. Did
4: she get them back? Or no. are they gone, gone?
2: They're gone, gone.
4: sometimes if they just fall over no. the edge, you can get them. But no, if they're no, more than about no, three feet out, they're gone, yeah. gone. Okay. Um, and then third play, third round, she shot thousand and five. And in the finals, a 951. So a little up and down, but enough to take home the victory. So congratulations to Kristen Tatar uh, on, your, on your win. And, you know, no surprise, Jen Allen um, playing well. This is their, her home courses. Um, they favor Fountain, I think, truly does favor uh, a long arm in the FPO field. And she played very well in that second round. Um own Scoggins, who just knows these courses inside and out for third place, not a surprise either. Um, a lot of people, I feel like, when the European women were coming over, kind of just felt like it was going to be uh, a fun Euro fest at all these events, whether they're DGPT or A tiers that they're competing at. And I think we're seeing that either they're not acclimated yet some of the, uh, European women. We see Henna, who shot much better this week than she did at Vegas where she did not make the cut. And Evelina, who's still, I think kind of struggling with her putt, Yeah. Whether it's, you know, uh, the, the yips, so to speak, as one might say, or they're just, she ebbs and flows with what's going on. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, we haven't seen a dominance from them. Like I think a lot of people predicted we would.
2: Yeah. And, and, right or wrong a lot of time when especially over the last two years when cat or Paige or anyone would go out have a dominant performance people felt as if they needed to instantly undermine it and say yeah 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 but 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 the euro they're, women aren't here for her to playing. play against and you know she should be winning and it's almost as if they're downplaying the weekend she had and i always say you can only beat the people that show up so it's it's never been Page's fault or Kat's fault if uh, some of the other competitors haven't been able to get here for one reason or another. Well, so now they're here and clearly Kristen played well and she did last weekend as well at LVC. But they're not just showing up and winning by 10 strokes. And I, th- I guess that's going to your point is a lot of people thought that would happen. That's not to downplay that they're, no. they're you know, I'm not saying suggesting they're not playing well, but they're also... Not showing up and just, you know, handing everybody, you know, taking everybody's lunch money.
4: Correct. And I'm not going to judge them based on the first two courses. As we no. know, the first two courses um, uh, tend to favor more power throwers wide open. There's not, a, again, as we said, there's not a ton of shot shaping, so to speak. Not a lot of woods to get in your way. I think the European women tend to, the, a lot of the courses they play are more wooded over there. And so I will kind of judge the their early tour season based on the next maybe two or three events that we see them play. I don't I don't know how long Evelina and henna are are in the US. If it just through Waco or are they going through like Jonesboro? Uh they're staying here longer.
2: Okay. Um Kristen's going back She's going back soon. She's going back and then humming back. And then come right back for the Champions Cup or the the new PDGA major. Mm-hmm. That's not Champions Cup. What is the name of that? Anyway, uh she'll she said she's gonna leave it and then be Champions coming back Cup. for that. Okay, maybe it is. Uh, so but we'll just call it the Smashbox Challenge. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> uh yeah, and, and like you said, they're gonna go into very different courses. Will will we see them excel there? Maybe. Uh, will they continue to play the exact same golf? Maybe. I mean, who knows? You would think that having more, as you say, shot shaping and wooded golf, somewhat fits Finland a little bit more Maybe. than than necessarily wide open golf. Uh, will that be the difference? Will they find a different comfort level there? Who knows? Um, it's I, it's really tough to say. I, I I guess my again my just big takeaway though is. It's tough to win, and you have four or five women that are rated similarly in that nine sixty nine seventy range. And I was just looking; uh, new ratings came out, I believe, just today, and we see Kristen Tatar at nine seventy six. Uh, that might have actually been a rating even that was a rating I believe that.
4: before her current rating oh, she, is nine seventy.
2: she skyrocketed to nine seventy seven. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I think we're going to have a good battle every single weekend and you're not going to have someone run the table of just flat out winning, whether it's from the U S or from overseas. I just, I don't see that happening. Having them show up is going to create more parody, but that doesn't mean one of them is just going to all of a sudden start running away with all the events. Uh, i'm i'm
4: with you uh i believe you do have a little bit of mp40 coverage oh coming i out. do i do i uh, will get to some mp40 coverage so if i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give everybody listening to this about five seconds to hit that 30 second skip button because we have uh the pro masters results here ready Hope it, uh, close your ears hope if you don't want to hear who no, hit that 30 masters. second skip <laughs> on and here we go KJ Nibow wins this one shooting six strokes better than Steve Brinster who was in second place uh, we saw KJ shoot a 1030, a 1009, a 1046 and a 1060 dang congratulations buddy uh, third place was Shasta Chris fourth place Pete Yulabari. shout out to the Yulabari family who if you follow Paul or Pete on uh, Facebook or Instagram or anything we know that Pat their mom had an issue with the house there was a house fire and they uh, you know there's pictures and stuff like that but shout out to them you know great family out there so hopefully everything is doing okay uh, fifth place Craig Cutler sixth place Alan Wagner seventh Stevie Rico so congratulations to the MP40 division who cashed.
2: And yes, everyone is okay at the Yuli Pat Perman household and family. And it, it looks like it were things that were, um, you know, destroyed and whatnot, but, uh, everyone is safe. So the big takeaway there, of course. Um, yeah, it was, it was just an incredible weekend. I mean, I feel like I I could go on for hours. I won't, but I will say it was an absolutely incredible weekend at the memorial. Um, Not only is it a longstanding event, but I will repeat that everyone that at least I interact with uh, is so, so gracious and kind and helpful. Uh, We have people that are helping with whether it's the lodging or transporting or jumping on to do additional roles or working with us to get things done. Uh, Yes, just so much love and support. I love filming out in Arizona. Uh, I love having the crew that we had out there in Arizona this weekend as well. And uh, things went really well. Uh, <laughs> it was a long weekend, and it's uh, and people don't need to worry about it. But when they when they send messages, and I've gotten a lot of praise and accolades, accolades which I really pass on to the team.
4: two, count them two, <laughs> appreciation threads on on Reddit. <laughs> well, they didn't get the right dice. That it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that
2: very kind and gracious, and I and I just can't say it enough. There's there's no way as of right now, eighteen videos. Uh, or so nine separate rounds of footage have been posted uh, as of last night, twenty four hours ago, and that all is only exclusively because of the workhorses and the and the guys on the ground that were doing everything there. So and big shout Patreon out to the whole supporters. crew. Yeah, and and yeah, the support that comes in, uh, along with the people doing the physical labor and catching the action, including. Ray uh, Ryan Pilcher, who's out on the board, and then I see Spicy Boy, Spicy Boy is out on the board. He was also running around uh, doing an incredible amount of work. So Look for more footage to come. Look for a ton of giveaways. I know I promised them all weekend you're going to see them. Uh, all of that is going to be part of the experience that we had. Uh, I, I'm going to then use this to segue right into a, a, something that is part of this, which is there was... I know this is shocking. There was a complaint somebody said you've spoiled it by putting the winner on the thumbnail of the final, of the final round of the, of the final nine, which drives me crazy. And this is my quick soapbox. First of all, you don't know that you absolutely do not know that for a fact that the person on the thumbnail, and the reason you don't know that is because if you look at my previous 18 or so events, the winner Wasn't on the thumbnail for the final four hole or for the final nine. Wasn't the the very last thumbnail of the tournament. I intentionally didn't do the winner. Because people have complained about that in the past of of doing just that. So the point is, there's a one in four chance. If there's one person pictured, there's a one in four chance that that is, in fact, the winner. And if I continue to say, switch it up, you're, you're never genuinely going to know. You can guess. You can assume. But I also feel like isn't that exactly the opposite or hypocritical almost when I say okay well he never puts the winner on the thumbnail isn't that kind of telling you right there who didn't something win. who didn't win like I mean you could- I can appreciate the super sleuthing some of the viewers want to do but. Just know there there's no way to win that. I guess somebody's like, well, you could put a generic photo out there. You Eh. could. That really kind of goes against how thumbnails and YouTube uh, likes to prioritize things. Eh. So my point is people just because someone's on a thumbnail doesn't mean they win. Doesn't mean that they win. Maybe they got an ace. I was just going to say that. If somebody had, let's say somebody had a killer front nine, like they destroyed the front nine. And I put them on the thumbnail, but you don't know that they're about to kill the front nine uh, and you're watching it. Are you going to come back and say, dude, why? Why'd you spoil it for me? That guy had a killer front nine. I should have known that. But I the thumbnail, like, you just don't know. So I understand. But I don't. I don't. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to rephrase that. I do not understand that. Somebody's got to go on the thumbnail. It's got to be one of four people. And it may or may not be the winner.
4: Well, now you spoiled it, that it may or not be the, may, or may not, not be, may be the winner or may not be the winner.
2: It's just funny because this was the first time in many events.
4: I was like, it's got to be someone. Let's put Paul on it. Did you Did you put the winner on the FPO?
2: Uh, I think she was on the front nine, Kristen. Not the back nine? But not the back nine. Paul
4: was... I, I know. That was I a great battle, too. You know Like... What? I don't know. I don't care. Um, I, I, don't, I No, hold- I
2: didn't. But if I would have put Paul holding the trophy in the final thumbnail, then you
4: have a valid argument. I will, I will concede that. At that point, you have a valid argument. What would be really funny is if you did it from last year's trophy, like Paul <laughs> holding and then just tell everyone, no, dummy. It was the 2021 trophy. I was just putting the
2: defending <laughs> champ on there.
4: <laughs> the defending him
2: anyway oh, gosh, i people. know i know sometimes you can't win on the internet this is one of those situations and that perfectly piggybacks the other conversation and point that does come in so i want to address it guys i don't i don't hate paul i don't have bad vibes as somebody posted on which there which paul uh mcbath specifically somebody Some people have said they felt like I don't give him enough love. Just know a commentator is in a really tough position, especially a solo one. They they feel as if I didn't give Paul enough accolades when he threw good shots and did good things, which is... Also ironic, because if I do say things about Paul or any one person doing really good things, they say, oh, you're such a homer, you're such a fanboy, you're so in love with them, you're so infatuated with them. It's really
4: awkward that you really dislike Paul, but yet Hannah did the commentary for (laughs) F.E.O. Exactly. I'm just just saying, I mean, if uh, you'd think she'd know, but I mean, uh, maybe not. So that's my point. And I did I, I did reply to someone that said,
2: it just seems like you really dislike Paul. And I said, that's crazy. First of all, I like him as a person. I consider him a friend. Of course, I think he's a disc, a good disc golfer, a great disc golfer, whatever. But if I say too many positive things, you'll also yell at me for fanboying. So I don't want to say shut up, but just, just recognize it's... <laughs> sometimes it, a commentator seemingly can't
4: win. So. But I, I heard... I have firsthand knowledge that I made up. Yes. That you specifically are keeping Paul Macbeth out of the hall of fame. I am. I ain't voting for that guy. (laughs) I don't Uh, get a vote, uh, but I'm not voting for him. I know you don't get a vote. All right. So real quick, there was a a little bit of hubbub this past weekend. I I believe that the disc golf hall of fame, I, I don't exactly know the, the rules seem a little bit, squishy um in that they just did some updating originally earlier in last week i think they said something about 15 years of disc golf service in order to qualify for the disc golf hall of fame okay that would put paul in his open field i guess uh 2007 or 2008 he turned open i think he plays first events in 2007 this would be his 15th year whether or not he makes it on the ballot Uh, and now the disc golf hall of fame has a uh an amendment will say to their to their qualifications that someone that has to be a uh, 45 years uh, or older, I, I find whatever. Um, but it, Paul did make a Instagram post saying, you know, jokingly saying like second ballot Hall of Fame. From my perspective. Uh, and I wasn't at the memorial. I, you were around Hannah, maybe around Paul a little bit as well. Who I dislike. Yeah. <laughs> Let's dislike. put that out there, <laughs> 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 I'm forced to be around them. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, they Both. force themselves upon you. Is <laughs> yes. what is what I heard. Um, on one hand, I, I I think that Paul is a no-brain Hall of Famer. I don't think there's even a question the, of that. I, yeah. I think almost any, and we don't re, any multi. World champion is is a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know. It, I I could you could make the argument about a one time like does James Conrad get in? Does Eric McCabe get in? Just based on their play, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you could make that argument. Dave Fellberg's, Avery Jenkins, uh, we have a few of them. Greg Barsby, whatever. Um, Paul is a multi time world champion. The Paul Macbeth Foundation. Um, his courses, uh, just a lot of things that Paul has done. Just the 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 contracts that he has pushed out, and th- there's a ton of reasons why Paul Macbeth is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, does he get in right now? Does it matter? No. Ultimately, no. It doesn't matter. Everyone knows he's going in. Everybody yeah. knows he's going in. Um, you you want to make an argument about you know first ballot, second ballot? When is he eligible? Uh, I, I personally feel that it's too early for a couple of reasons one we don't want to make a plaque to just have to replace it when he wins two more world champions so someone has to go and cross off five and put seven or ten or whatever number he's going to get to and it's going to cost the hall of fame extra cash we can't call that. Yep. and then what picture do you put on the hall of fame the one he's now do you have to change that when he gets older i don't think so paul um so i don't know it i can understand paul's what seemed to be perturbed, being perturbed at the fact that disappointed, frustrated, uh, frustrated, uh, because he knows he's in the hall of fame. He knows it. Yeah. Deep, deep down. He knows it. um, uh, And, and maybe there's an issue with it being first. It's really funny because there's, I, there are other sports. If you talk about uh, the NFL hall of fame, where being a first ballot hall of fame or kind of has a little bit more stature, e- even though, Hall of Famers in the long run are Hall of Famers. I've never felt that way about disc golf. Like that you're a first ballot Hall of Famer versus a second ballot versus Mm -hmm. a third ballot. Like we just it just doesn't feel like that is a a real tangible item with the way our Hall of Fame works. Which, by the way, for those of you that don't know, go to PDJ.com slash like Hall of Fame or something. I don't know the thing, but just so you know, the Hall of Fame is not directly associated with the PDGA. It's a separate entity done with separate things. So this isn't a PDGA thing at all. So for those of you that don't know, go look it up. It is on the PDGA page, but they are not directly associated Um, Yeah, it's slash D-G-H-O-F.
2: Yeah, and and, and I'll go ahead and read it. It talks a little bit about the history there. But then it says the Disc Golf Hall of Fame is an independent organization dedicated to the promotion of disc golf, its premier pioneers and players. It was founded in 1993 by LeVon Wolf, PDG number 580 of Huntsville, Alabama. LeVon also created what's known as the Ed Hedrick uh, Museum, Memorial Museum. A collection of memorabilia that describe the history of our sport. Now, housed at the International Disc Golf Center down in Appling, Georgia, uh, and the first round of inductees were nominated in 1993, and it goes on from there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it does that's all on the PDJ, and then they also have a, their own website, which is just called the Hall of dot org. And so you can read more up on it and uh, some of the details out there. So that is...
4: Yeah, there's a new... The the lines here say the candidates must be at least 45 years old as of January 1st of the year of election. So that right there disqualifies Paul, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as you and me, thankfully. Steve Rico. (laughs) And Steve Rico. Uh, 15 years of active disc golf participation. Active disc golf participation um the whole 45 years thing i think that's new as of this year um, that's, that's yeah that that's that, the crux of that's a large part of
2: this conversation is the fact that that the 45 year uh, years of age was not s- seemingly ever into consideration or a conversation piece I, i'd go as far as saying i think that was literally put on the website in a matter of the last few days and do you and think so that is that's directly part of in response? That's definitely di- indirect response to this conversation that's that's come about from Paul and uh, yeah obviously that makes him ineligible for what another I don't know 10 or 12 years or whatever it is. I think he's 31 I'm going to say he's 31 or 32. Uh so that's going to make him ineligible. My it's funny to me cuz my only question is and and not that I really care or need to worry about it but 45 like with as opposed to 40 as opposed to 35 as opposed to 50 or 55 just i just wonder where the number 45 came from like obviously i could reach out to a representative of the hall of fame and see how that i it's just a unique number to me like i think a 40 again maybe even somewhat arbitrary at least 40 is like a master's age player but and i mean that I mean they'd have to have gotten involved at the age of 25 to have 15 years in which is 45 i i don't know why i just find it as an incredibly arbitrary number and maybe maybe it's not at all maybe they have absolutely perfect logic to it that they haven't
4: shared on their site i want to know where that specific number comes about which is funny cuz i think and maybe i'd have to go back Des redding was elected 3 years ago sounds uh, well i could quickly look for you that sounds a ab- about right. About I can't remember if it was two or three. I think it was three. Because I think two years ago Jay was elected. Correct. Was she forty five when she no was? no she wasn't she was just into her forties early forties. So this is obviously a a, a a new thing. And ultimately, I mean, fine. If <laughs> we say this about Paul quite a bit, if that's what Paul needs to fuel his fire, just throw the coal in, man. Because uh, ouch, yeah. Just think think
2: about it this way, Val inducted in 2020
4: well that was like 52 right (laughs)
2: yeah uh (laughs) her husband nate uh will not be eligible for another five to seven years uh himself as a three-time world champ and that's really funny because i had this conversation with somebody um das was 2017 man time's flying we're getting old
4: jesus (laughs) um we're almost (laughs) eligible uh there there are probably three people right now that i can think based on their playing maybe not Yeah, based on their playing that probably deserve to be in the hall of fame Ooh. that aren't in yet all right who's I'm, who's got a foot for your mouth go Nate Doss okay Scott Stokely mm. and uh, you could probably argue Steve Rico now okay. I think I think Steve gets in based on probably some other longevity legacy literally his legacy and the and and the thing just you know and God, I am gonna stick my foot in my mouth but like Stevie's been around a long time and, and done a lot of things, won the very first national tour event, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, th- there's, I could see someone arguing about his qualifications, but I think he's a, I think he's a hall of famer. Um, I was trying to think who else based just on their play, because it's hard to judge right now. The hall of fame has been very dedicated to your disc golf service what you have done for the sport to help grow the sport to help you know promote the sport and 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 really a lot of early founders and that makes a lot of sense in our early years who else based just on play do you feel should probably be in there because honestly you could make the argument that stokely maybe doesn't deserve to be in there based on play He, he 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 held the held the disc golf uh, distance record but that's not really play and
2: then rebroke it to, Re- rebroke to hold it. it again yeah he
4: he traveled all over the country one of taught. the first touring players mm-hmm. has taught hundreds thousands of players but if you look just at his play he never won a world championship mm-hmm. he took second a few times I, well let let me but, uh, as but. you
2: guys are thinking at home and as Johnny's just kind of posed the question i'll i'll just read Uh, It goes on to say that uh, the Hall of Fame, this is from the site, continues to elect outstanding contributors and competitors annually. Each year's class of inductees are nominated and elected by the members of the Hall of Fame. Criteria for consideration as of January 2022. So maybe this was here. Uh, yeah. Or maybe, maybe they had decided upon it and they didn't update and they hadn't updated the website. That's absolutely a possibility, but here's what it says just on the site. Candidates must be of at least 45 years of age. As we said, 15 years of active disc golf participation. Candidates may competitors professional and or amateurs who have produced a substantial body of high level competitive success or contributors. Those who have impacted the game significantly. In areas outside of the competitive arena, such as administration, course design, innovation, instruction, promotion, etc., or both. Um, also, they exhibit integrity, character, and sportsmanship with dignity and wisdom to foster the greatness of the game. And lastly, a favorable standing and honorable reputation within the disc golf community that warrant consideration to the highest honor in disc golf. And that's in italics. The highest honor in disc golf.
4: And I thought of somebody else. I think Schwebby. Okay. Schwebe Sh- has racked up a lot of wins.
2: Did he? Is he on the board? Did he mention? <laughs>
4: <laughs> he, he did okay. not. Someone I saw someone thank him on his 325th win. So, oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> just those. Just those. So, uh, so I will throw Schwebe in there. But can you think of anybody? Um, I mean... Based, I, based strictly on... First boy, of all, I put zero thought into this. So if, I know. That's uh, why I've, I've, I've literally thrown this at you. Right uh, right I mean... Right. So I'm gonna, I want you to stick... Schwebe
2: clearly uh, a good candidate. And then I think about... Uh, just last year inducted into, I think multiple hall of fames, including maybe New York was one Steve Brinster, uh, a gentleman who's uh, amassed over a hundred wins. He's very active Mm -hmm. in course design. He's a, you know, a major winner. Um, Immediately someone like his mind, he comes to mind. I mean, to really have a good idea, I think I'd have to look also at potentially the various state hall of fames, because you and I both know there are hundreds Mm -hmm. of Contributors and behind the scenes, workhorses, tournament directors, club presidents, people that have been truly, truly growing the sport that may not be recognized at all at a national level. So a national event maybe never came to their town. However, they're the godfather of blank city, state, area, whatever. Uh, there's there's countless ones of those. I'm just countless. And they're all over the place. So... Yeah, I mean, in terms of players, I guess I've I've never really put too much thought into it. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to even look at a list of people because it's funny, there's almost even a blended line or a blurred line of the people that are already in it. There's some people that I may even suggest that actually might be, and I've forgotten they went in five years ago mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be. I mean, Elaine King went into the Hall of Fame forever ago. Ju- uh, Juliana Corver went into it forever ago. Uh, Barry and Kenny have been in it forever. Um yeah, I I guess I'd have to actually sit and take
4: inventory of who's actually who's in it and who's not right now. I feel and maybe I'm wrong in this, but in our sport we tend to hold the world championships to a higher level than even other majors. I, I was thinking about this that I think if you're a multi time world champion that almost that, that, that almost hands you the key to the Hall of Fame. Am or pro? No. So like
2: Pete May, who's got four or five uh, AM world titles, you you wouldn't necessarily qualify that. I
4: wouldn't necessarily qualify okay. that. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's th- th- there are Pete may can probably put stack his resume with other achievements as well. Okay. But in general, in general, I wouldn't necessarily, so to speak, hand them the keys to the hall of fame. Um, but w- I don't necessarily think that if you just win multiple majors, you're you're in uh, someone who has won two majors. Uh, let's say a European open and a Japan open. Okay. I don't necessarily think that they're a, a first quote. We'll say first ballot hall of famer. I don't think you hand them the keys. I, I, I kind of feel like that's got to be like a, a four or five. Like if, you, if you've won four or five majors that right there, I think qualifies you to the hall of fame, but not necessarily. Again, we hold so much more weight whether for right or wrong on the world championships. Yeah. And, and that has the, and that's just the way our sport is. And I feel like if you're a multi-time world champ, then you get it. I mean, do we have any, we don't. What? Two-time world champions. Just two. Cat? Cat's a two-time world champion. (laughs) Yeah. Current. Uh, Current. Barry Schultz. Oh, you're right. Barry is a two-time world champion. Yeah, because I know. I say I was thinking Dos with uh, three, Val with four. I couldn't think of two-time world champions other than Cat, but I forgot about Barry. Yeah, hmm. and Barry's already in the Hall of Fame. I think Cat's now a no-brainer Hall of Famer. Rick, she, Ricky Waisaki, yeah. Ricky will be a. Ricky will be a. <laughs> thank you. I, I got you're right. I, I honestly blanked out I'm just Ricky. a few
2: of these people.
4: Yeah, you're not. It's not fair because you're looking uh, at. The I list. am looking,
2: but uh that's not what I was looking for. But yeah, they know, jump on you page. You're looking at the list. So, uh, yeah. Rick, I think Ricky's a probably a no-brainer Hall of Famer. I mean, uh, clearly you start looking also at the people that maybe aren't in the news every week, but like, well, not like a Schwabby, but kind of that or Steve Brinster that have amassed, like I said, over 100 wins. I mean, whether that's you consider that a significant number, uh, an arbitrary number or not, but 100 wins, that's at least a starting point. You, Steve Rico has 100 wins. Paul Uliberry has 100 wins. His 100 wins don't necessarily carry the weight that Ricky Wysocki's 100 wins do, I but think, I think for our he modern still has player, put together 100 wins. I think
4: for our modern... Well, I'll say this. For our modern... It's really funny because I feel... I almost just contradicting myself. For our What's modern new. player... 100 wins, you. I think you need to look at the quality of the win. Sure. But that's more for our modern play, because I, I feel like five or seven years ago, if you had 100 wins, it was kind of like, well, yeah, you're clearly a great player, but that's different now. So if you, I don't know, n- name uh, Andrew Fish. Okay. If Andrew Fish racked up 100 local wins, B tier, or Chris Dickerson's a great example. Yeah, no, because he's also got,
2: a lot of his wins are also... Great. He's also a significant he has significant wins, He has
4: significant wins, but a lot of his wins are regional. Regional sure. wins. B-tiers, C-tiers, a couple A-tiers, obviously a few Pro uh, pro Tour championships. Uh, does he have a Pro Tour regular win? Since he won uh, this year at GMC? Did he? Last year? Yeah, he won last year at GMC. I don't know, I'm making stuff up. Anyway, um, it, it's it's really funny how you have to look at now and qualify everybody's wins. The num- the number of wins. What what does that You know, what weight is that for, for each player?
2: Yeah. And, uh, someone on the board says, what about Conrad? I mean, I don't think so. He's got a USDGC. So the major win there, and then he's Mm -hmm. got the world's victory. Let's, let's just for the sake of argument, say he doesn't collect another major or world's. And, and he ends his career in, in 10 years, he ends his open career. He ends it with, I'm, I'm just going to throw out a number and say 34 wins. Uh, But those are his two largest and they're unmatched.
4: That's tough. That's, I think that's like a, that's, that's a border. I think he gets in, but it's closer. I think he gets in, but it's closer. He's got USDGC and worlds. And and how I said we hold worlds above everything else right below that's USDGC even better than more so than the other majors because it's got its history and whatnot. I think if Conrad retired right now with no more wins and his how many career wins? 31? He is currently 31. I, I, I think and what did
2: I say? If he finished with 40, 40. Or, or whatever, 40. let's say he finishes with 40 wins I think and none are as larger larger than the worlds in usdgc he gets no more
4: if it were me weighing the scales just solely me he would probably get in just barely honestly and i know that sounds mean it sounds cruel it it's it it maybe is made up he's got two of our biggest wins in our in our sport he has i I, I think that biggest i i think that he 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 can probably float in with that (laughs)
2: Well, uh, thankfully, none of this is we, really of our concern none of it's or decision. Uh, decision, but it, it will be as the game gets more competitive. We're looking at the history and what it used to take, what it will take. Um, I'll, I'll be excited to see how it continues to shake out. You know, somebody said oh, a Will Schusterick who put together three USDGCs. I mean...
4: I, I think Will And then he's
2: gone on to do things is, off the course. So I think Will can pad How do those
4: get evened out? Yeah, I think Will can pad his resume with the other things and get in. Uh, so three yeah, three USDGCs, that's that's pretty solid. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I mean I think that's all right. Well no, I honestly I would weigh like if you put them on a scale, three USDGCs is probably about the equivalent of a worlds in a USDGC. Like if you're putting them on a scale. That's got to be pretty close, and if I'm saying Conrad is in, I kind of have to feel like Will Schuesterick is in as well. And well, here's what I'll say about Conrad: He hit the shot. Unfor- not not unfortunately, for better or worse, that's probably the biggest thing in, in maybe that we've ever seen in disc golf. So he's going to get in with that in his back pocket. So uh, you get that. W- Will Schuesterick does not have the shot, so to speak. He has uh, he's got a, a a pretty decent career. And you know building uh, working with prodigy and his and you know even though I know it doesn't do a lot right now, dGI um, you know th- there are other things that will Schustrich has done that I think he gets in as well, so
2: which is interesting to me because uh, and, and i I'm ready to move on after this is building we'll say companies successful companies. Mm-hmm is that how much is that factored in if you if know. you build the greatest i'm just going to use an example you build the greatest disc golf bag company that goes on to be just that the somehow the greatest disc golf bag company uh in addition to being a decent player or a great player uh, you know is is that building a successful company that you're then potentially or should be profiting from should that be factored in it's tough because i mean look at it. Uh, but yet, of course, our founders uh, of Innova are all in the Hall of Fame, as they were some of the earliest pioneers and innovators, along with Jim Kenner at Discraft. So,
4: Dave so I
2: know I'm I'm flying in. The, I'm not flying in the face. I'm I know those are potentially a, a contradiction to what I'm saying, and I fully. St- I fully 100% believe that they should be, I guess I'm thinking about the future. And if you take does, a, does I'll fu- say a less
4: significant company. Oh, I, I, now I, I don't want to throw a name out there. Cause I was no, just, I'm not going to gonna say, throw That's what I say. A, a, I, a I was going to say like, no, I, I was going to say like, whoever the founder of MVP is. Okay. You know, t- cause we're talking about the MVP open today. Um, a company that came by much later was not instrumental in developing the sport uh create has created you know we'll just great discs blah 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 we'll pat them on the back but in in 20 years does the does the 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 owner the founder of mvp sports get in the hall of fame just because they created a discs uh, a disc manufacturer that's
2: yeah kind of what i'm i i
4: I wonder as well
2: and and then where do we draw that line out if you if you go on to create the greatest uh, I'll use Tina at least by name. If she goes on to great, create the greatest you know, hand-drying solution in Whale Sacks that's ever come about, this is not a paid advertisement for or against Tina, but if she goes out and creates that and then it she thrives in that for the next 20 years, is creating a company that's involved with this golf, so to speak, carry you into it. I mean, there, there's just a lot of ways to look at it. Um, yeah, it. UC Disc Golf Park, and then UC has tournament directing experience and other accolades, uh, but yet creating Disc Mania. And I I think in this day and age, creating a company that happens to be or thrives and becomes successful within Disc Golf, as much as there should be accolades and a pat on the back and personal satisfaction, I don't think that those accolades, uh, uh, that accomplishment in its own, warrants a Hall of Fame status. No. That warrants respect and... And admiration potentially, mm-hmm. but not necessarily Hall of Fame status uh, on that alone. So, uh, okay, I think I'm done judging people for a while. So, <laughs> like which is nowhere where I wanted to go I, with I, it. But I know. Um, it's it, it, what... generically speaking, yes, the conversation of Hall of Fame. Um, will continue, I think, to be fluid. The Hall of Fame has clearly put out a statement. It is also, in some ways, I think, frustrated Paul specifically. Uh, I think the the entire uh, origin of this conversation comes from Paul, with a sports background, and just like you said, having that title of a first ballot, and it might not be something that we revere necessarily in disc golf as, as much as other sports. But I think that does personally. Put a little tiny chip on Paul's shoulder because he's such a sports fanatic, and he realizes yeah. the significance in other sports of being a first ballot Hall of Famer. And now he can't be. So there you go, Paul. There's something you you can't get uh, first in.
4: He, te- <laughs> he technically still can because if they change the rules this year before, if they change them it in January he was not eligible for the Hall of Fame going into this year. So he can still be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he turns 45. It, it,
2: it, possibly, depending on Unless their... Unless they change the rules some, again. Yeah. They're, they're.
4: <laughs> Sorry, Paul. When you hit 45, they're going to push it to 60. <laughs> Get bent! <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, they're going to they're keep you out, buddy. Yeah. So, okay. That is enough on that um let's get into our after show let's let's wrap uh, oh, this up wasn't? no okay. i know we we're, it's going to be a short after show it we're going to do two giveaways and probably wrap it up pretty quick
2: all right i've yeah i've got a volunteer at my kids function in a couple hours we'd like to thank steve dodge for joining us and giving us some insight not only of the mvp open but what's taking place at maple hill clearly an iconic uh, and legendary facility within the sport of disc golf. If you haven't been there, it needs to be on your bucket list uh, to go check out. So we wish him the best along with his wife and his, and his brother and everyone else, uh, over there at the, uh, Dodge family and beyond. Uh, thank you once again to everyone at the Memorial, including my, uh, massive crew, uh, It was a heck of a learning week for all of us. Uh, We had a lot of highs, a couple lows. We had a lot of highs. And I appreciate the Disc Golf community for the love and the support that we received uh, as that certainly helped keep uh, kept us pushing forward and and some of the most kind and gentle and polite and uh, caring things uh, that were sent our way. So we we really do appreciate it. Johnny V and myself, Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy, this has been Podcast 393. We're going to take a very short break and we'll chat about some other random stuff in the after show. We'll see you then when you step inside the Smashbox.
4: Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash Smashbox TV.